Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Oh my God, Kim, can you believe we have new intro music? Oh my God. Oh my God, it's awesome. I love it. 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 Thank you so much to my wonderful, longtime, incredibly talented friend, Sam Keeler. We love you so much. Yes, you're the best. Anyways, welcome to season three, episode one of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast. Season three. Season three. I mean, in fairness, wow. in fairness, we've been just numbering our seasons after the book. So we've just been like, we've basically managed to do a season per season. <laughs> we are busting through these books. <laughs> we are, and it's awesome. And I'm so excited. And today... We kick off A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. We'll be taking you from the prologue through chapter five. And for the record, it's a toss up between this one and the last one as to which one's my favorite in the series. Oh, I know. Oh my God. But before we get into it, some housekeeping items. <laughs> you may have noticed that we are no longer publishing our episodes with the Spotify songs at the end. Long story short, it wasn't working out for us. And 90% of you listen to the episodes without the songs anyway. But don't worry, we're still going to be sharing our playlist suggestions with you. And as always, we welcome any ideas and suggestions from you. Yes. And also, you may hear an ad from time to time, but we promise not to bombard you. We will only be sharing some products and offerings that we truly appreciate and use ourselves. And as always, please remember, this podcast is not for little years and is more or less PG-13 or more. <laughs> Sometimes more. Mm, oftentimes more. But anyway, <laughs> wrapping up our announcements, we have some fun new things coming our way and your way and all the ways this season. Speaking of new things. Yay! We are doing a special giveaway for the holiday season. So listen to the end of this episode for details on how to enter to win. You listen in each week because pretty soon we'll be announcing a new opportunity for you to get even more Sarah J. Mass and Fantasy Book Club content through Patreon. We can't wait because we can't stop talking about all the things. So we want to stay in your ears all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. We have so many things to say. But for now, I think that pretty much wraps things up. All right, Kelsey, kick it off. Okie dokie. So uh, the prologue. <laughs> it starts out, resend, two years before the wall. So we get this like really uncomfortable prologue that places Reese on the ground seemingly minutes post-battle. And he's literally walking through like decimated, nasty ground surrounded by bodies. Like kind of a lot. For starting a book but anyway it took most of my lingering strength to keep my wings from dragging over corpse and armor my own power had been depleted well before the carnage had stopped i'd spent the final hours fighting as the mortals beside me had with sword and fist and brute unrelenting focus so long story short, the battle lasted three days. Reese spent all his power and ended up falling back on his Illyrian training at some point. And though he'd done his best to rally both human and Fae and get them to all like hold the lines per his father's orders, 
they wouldn't have succeeded if it hadn't been for the last minute reinforcement of the Illyrians that showed up. Thank God. Yeah. And now he's wandering amongst the dead of both sides. The loyalist army, as we're calling them, had left their dead when they retreated. And he's looking for Illyrian wings among the dead because he hasn't seen his friends, Cassian or Azrael, among the living. I said like a lot sad a half shredded Illyrian wing jutted from a cluster of high fey corpses as if it had taken all six of them to bring the warrior down as if he'd taken them all out with him and though the Illyrian is tan with like he sees you know, like I said, this Lyrian with his wings sticking out. And it, though the Lyrian is tan with dark hair, the same as Cassian's, it's not Cassian. Thank God. Thank God. And though he doesn't even know if Cassian or Azrael were in the unit that arrived at that moment, and like, even though he's like thirsty as fuck and just like needs a break, he keeps looking. I picked my way through the corpses to another Illyrian, then another and another some I knew, some I didn't. Still, the killing field stretched onward under the sky, mile after mile, a kingdom of the rotting dead, and still I looked. Which is like one really heavy way to start a book, but that's the end of the prologue. And I, I, I got to be honest, it, mm, it takes a while for this to like really come back at all. And even when it kind of sort of comes back, it like sort of doesn't. But I think it's just here to remind you of who Reese is and always has been super efficiently. Absolutely. Like this is just a couple Absolutely. of pages and it just super efficiently is like, Hey, in case you forgot. <laughs> no. Well, because like the chapters we're covering today and even next episode, there's like no recent inner circle. This is all no. Pharaoh no. all the time, because if you guys remember, like she's back in the spring court. So uh, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> So I think this just kind of served as like a real quick, like, hey, don't forget, like, don't forget where you left off with Ekmaf, you know? Yeah. <laughs> don't forget well, that, who you're dealing and, with. <laughs> not only that, but I think we also are going to need to be reminded of, of the kind of, considering where this book goes, the kind of warrior that, that not just Resand, but that you know Ezra and Cassian are exactly. exactly. So, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> it's a downer. It really <laughs> is. It really, really is. Um, but yeah, so you want to take us into actual chapter one? Sure. <laughs> so chapter one is from Pharaoh's point of view, which, as Kelsey said earlier you know we're we're back in the spring court and we're not really going to see a whole lot of uh our night court friends for a little while Mm-mm. that's okay because mm. farah has a plan <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get into that tell us let's, let's get started on her plan <laughs> i love this she's like this is like the favorite i remember from book one y'all i'm so excited i will get I, back yeah i will give you that also chapter yeah, one girl, starts we're, we're part you? one yes just like fyi (laughs) so it's great because she's painting yay (laughs) i love the first sentence in the chapter 
the painting was a lie. <laughs> I mean, that's how it opens. You're like, okay, well, this should be really I know, but between the prologue and then the first sentence of chapter one, it's sort of the moment where you're like, you know what? I think I just got to put this book down for a minute. I feel like that was four pages and it was a fucking lot. <laughs> put it down. Get some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> get a beverage you'll yeah. be good readjust your brain <laughs> yeah really remember this that like, this oh, yeah like remember that this is not Akamath. like <laughs> yeah we have very also remember we have a very pissed off pharah <laughs> so for multiple reasons <laughs> oh. All I can think of, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, she's uber pissed. And then I was like, oh, you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer, like when they're talking about like the uber vamps. Yeah. She's like uber pissed. Oh yeah. (laughs) She's in uber vamp territory. (laughs) She's like big fat middle fingers to the spring court. (laughs) So anyway, so she's dying this painting and it's a painting of go figure roses. I wonder where she got the inspiration. <laughs> the garden? I don't know. Maybe. And uh, she's just, she's so frustrated. And uh, as she says, it's, you know, incessant, unrelenting spring. Tell us how you feel there, Farah. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to agree. My allergies are bad enough. I'd be a miserable child in spring year round. I'd yeah. Be like, just shoot me god it's it's true I, I need to breathe at some point fall i can at least find moments of breathing in spring i don't i just i'm one stuffed up critter the whole time um but as she says if she painted the glimpse into the court the way my gut had urged me it would have been flush shredding thorns flowers that choked off the sunlight for any plants smaller than them and rolling hills stained red so again, tell us how you're feeling there, Farah. <laughs> um, but instead, no, it's, it's a pretty picture of flowers and sunshine and the way the sun comes through the, the, the petals and, and anyway, <laughs> woo. Um, so, I mean, the fact that she can be dispassionate enough to tell you is probably her best piece of work she's ever done. But there's nothing to it. There's no soul. Yeah. There's no nothing. I think says a lot. For sure. She's just like, you know, it's if she had chosen to show, as she says, if I had chosen to show myself as I truly wish, I would have been adorned with flush shredding talons and hands that choke the life out of those now in my company. Okay. Yeah, she's a little pissed. Like I, like I said, she's a little upset here, people. Just just a skosh. You know, she's she's forcing everything she has and she is plotting and planning and, and plotting revenge. And as you know, it's revenge, but it's revenge fueled by really serious rage, especially at Tamlin. Yeah. Which honestly, I kind of don't blame her. I mean, hello. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't either, but this parallels in a like at the end of this episode i'll be covering chapter five and as much as i hate tamlin i will make a point when we get there that 
he also actually sort of has a reason to be pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's kind of weird because I feel like we spent so much time up until now being like Tamlin's such an idiot and Feyre like deserves to be pissed off. But like at this point, I'm kind of amazed. I mean, I'm not amazed because like, I mean, he did really like fuck over her sisters, (laughs) but like, I'm a little amazed that she's so busy being so bad when I sort of feel like I just want to be like girlfriend focus and just like do do the plan like yeah. I, I worry that like she's gonna get so pissed off that she like doesn't do what she's there to do you know what I mean no I agree I totally so agree. it's she's like not... well yeah like well it's fun to kind of watch her be pissed off because it's like okay you be fiery Feyre I'm into that at the same time it's like okay but like don't like burn down the house while you're in it you know <laughs> yeah it's like set the trap and get the fuck out babe. right right so i don't know we'll see how it pans out <laughs> i mean you know, you know and she talks about you know she hears whenever she talks to them she she smells cassian's blood and she she sees her sister right you know nesta flinging her finger and you know out of the cauldron towards the king of highburn and and you know elaine sobbing and I got to admit, if I, that was what was constantly running through my mind, I'd probably be mildly homicidal as well. So I mean, sure. I'm, I'm there. I get her. Um, and in fact, she's thinking about it. She gets so mad. She, she snaps the paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, honey, you got anger issues. Take a deep breath. Yeah. <sighs> so she pulls it together and she uses magic to make it disappear. But apparently she has also set out some mental snares to know whenever people are going to be coming by to talk to her or see her right in many ways I probably would say it's probably a good thing because then you know she knows when Lucian or Tamlin or Anthony right are coming so I don't blame her I probably would be doing the same thing but then you know she's talking about this and and just before she she kind of gets back she she's like you know for a moment I let myself see past the glamour that concealed the tattoo on my right hand and forearm. The markings of my true heart, my true title, High Lady of the Night Court. This is page two, people. We have not gotten very far. We have a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this book more so than Akamath does this weird thing in these first few chapters where I, I don't know Kim you read these closer to when they were actually published than I did was there like no. such a long time between Agamath and Akawar that she felt the need to be like hey in case you forgot here's a bunch of fucking details like I feel like there's a lot of really heavy-handed like the tattoo on my right arm like yeah yeah we know lady like we were there yeah, I mean, there definitely was. There was, a, I mean, there was a fair amount of time after Akawar and Akafas. Yeah, but the, so, so. And then, and then there was, I mean, it was almost a year and a half between Akafas, a year and a half, two years between Akafas and Silver Flames. Yeah, but how much time passed between Akamath and Akawar? Because I feel like we are writing the beginning of Akawar as if we forgot what happened in Akamath. <laughs> Honestly, I'd say probably a couple weeks. 
at the most no i mean the writing like how much time like between the two books being published it was like 18 months to two years yeah because i feel like there's a lot of heavy-handed like in case you forgot my tattoo on my arm like yeah we fucking know we were there (laughs) i mean she she gets a book out rough every 18 months to two years yeah so I and guess it's not always in the same but see here's the thing it's not always in the same series yeah oh well we could go down a rabbit hole on how I don't think that's gonna fly for the tv show but anyway well <laughs> actually I take that back she probably gets a book out once a year but they're not always for the same series but they're so. not always the same series because this February was Crescent City the last book she did before that was, I mean, this past February, February 2021 was um, Silver Flames. Spring, either the spring before that, I want to say the spring of 2019, like February, March was. I just Crescent looked City. at, I was going to say, I just looked it up. It it was uh, a year and like two months between these books. Yeah, so, so it was like 14 so was, months, but that's, I don't know, to me, I, I understand because you read a lot of books in 14 months, but I just feel like I didn't forget. Uh, most of us would have read Akamath again, right before picking up Akawar. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, Feyre, I know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know I mean you. I don't know why she's doing the details I don't I don't get <laughs> anyway it, I just thought we should address that because there's a lot of that in the first like really the chapters we're covering today then it stops yeah. but the chat like in the first five chapters it's like hitting you over the head like yeah we know we were there how, about, how, how much detail can we throw down your throat yeah no yeah, I mean it yeah. is it's there but it does set some stuff up. So I kind of sure, got- sure. And I guess if you really hadn't read the book in 14 months, you may need the reminder. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone's like us reading it multiple times back to back. <laughs> Very true. Um, so, you know, she's doing her painting and, and her little snares, the mental snare she set up tells her she's got two visitors coming. She realizes that it's um, that it's Tamlin and Lucian <laughs> and so now she's she's pretending she's acting and pretending to be the artist that she was before under the mountain getting all lost in the work so that she's painting so that when the boys come into her room she has to pretend to pull herself away that she didn't realize that they were coming towards her I think it's a bit much. She's got Faye hearing. Hello, you're gonna hear shit, sugar. Yeah, but like they're dumb and they don't think about that apparently. <laughs> apparently. Because they're I mean, just like, like look, right. she's so busy. <laughs> at least Tamlin is. Yeah, we'll get an illusion later. I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. <laughs> just Lucian's smarter than he's letting on. How's that? I think Lucian's playing the long game. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of fan theories about that too, but we'll get into it when we get some more Lucian y chapters. Yes, we will. So she, she forces a smile to look all sweet and lovey. God bless her. 
she smiles at the boys. And of course, Tamlin's like, hey, sorry to interrupt. It's time to get ready for the meeting. The meeting being one with Ianthe, where Ianthe is going to explain why she did what she did with Feyre's sisters. Yeah. As she says, it's I, I kind of laugh because, you know, it, it's, you know, she's questioning, I'm trying to think how to say this, she questions whether Ianthe is really going to come and whether Ianthe is really going to say the right things. Mm-hmm. Well, Resolution. I was going to say, oh. yeah, it's kind of wild <laughs> because Feyre is like, you know, is she really going to come? Is she really going to say shit? Like, what, what's the point yeah. of this? And uh, Lucian. Lucian's one who has to say, yeah. yes, she had her reasons. She's willing to explain them to you. And I'm thinking, all right, First of all, stop. Yeah. Why is Lucian the one doing that? Why isn't it? Because Tamlin's not fucking speaking. And like, if you recall back in our Akatar days, Lucian basically had to flirt for Tamlin. <laughs> I know. And we're so back we're just, at it. I was like, yeah, we're just back where we started, which is Lucian's like, for the love of God. <laughs> like, I will fill in the blanks for you two because you two are useless at this. Absolutely. Well, Fair is so angry. She's doing everything she can to. Sure, but like we're playing along, right? We're playing along with the idea that Lucian doesn't know that. We're we're gonna roll with it because we're gonna roll with the idea that Lucian is just trying to basically fall into old habits, which is he's running between the two of them. I know. Although she does question, like how, like is Lucian as stupid as he's playing? She really is, because he's not totally buying everything she's laying down. But she admits that why would he? Like, well, not really why would he, but like, why would he? Okay, basically, she's like, he probably knows some of what I'm doing is bullshit, but he's not questioning it because like, if he wants any hope of seeing Elaine again. (laughs) He has to play nice. Right. So she's like, he's either actually stupid or he's playing stupid. And I can't blame him for that. (laughs) I'm saying he's probably more playing stupid than is stupid. I really am. Oh, sure. I agree. But I'm not sure that Feyre knows because Feyre's sitting here thinking this fucker actually thought that Reese kidnapped me. So I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ. She's thinking, I mean, I'm just, I'm assuming that Feyre's thinking that. I'm assuming Feyre's like, remember when I fucking saw you in the woods and I said like the actual words out of my mouth were, I'm fine, leave me alone. And then I wrote you a letter that said, I'm fine, leave me alone. And you still fucking showed up. Like, I mean, she has reason to believe he might just be straight stupid. (laughs) she does yeah i just personally i don't think so sure sure i agree but yeah i digress (laughs) so anyway she leaves to go change to get ready for this meeting Uh with uh, uh, anthe and lucian and tamlin when she walks out of her bedroom lucian's waiting for her which i think is awesome Mm-hmm. but you come to find out that the old room she used to have is is a wreck like Tamlin yeah. trashed it beyond repair and um so she had to move her room so now it's across the hall from Lucian's which but that, is like, an important thing to remember oh for sure but not only did he destroy it I mean he like full-on like went wild in there like it's now covered in literal vines and thorns and right like 
yeah yeah it's not just like oh I threw some furniture or punched a hole in the wall it's more like I literally grew vines and shit through the walls well yeah because it says it's as if they'd crawled off the trellises beneath my windows as if a hundred years had passed and not months wild so wild so I'm like well shit I love how she says this because and she says he's he's literally leaning against the door to his room across the <laughs> hall from her, right. waiting for her. And she's like, I didn't doubt that he'd insured I now stayed across from him. Didn't doubt that the metal eye he possessed was always turned toward my own chambers, even while he slept. And I'm like, hmm. hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she definitely still suspects him. Like I said, she's still playing that line. Is he actually stupid or is he playing stupid? Yeah. And it behooves her to assume, you know, she has to play it safe. She has to assume he's playing stupid. But I think she does, like I said, she still has reason to believe he may be stupid. (laughs) True. Very true. And, you know, he's like talking to her as they walk and he's like, you know, I'm really surprised you're so calm considering all the threats you made in Highburg. Right. And Favorite's just like, yeah, well, as bad as I am, I, I can listen to her and hear her out. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but she does acknowledge in her in her inner monologue as they're walking to this meeting that she has yet to say anything to Lucian that of, of what Reese has told her about what she knows about what Ianthe is really like and who she right. really is. Which personally, I get it, but part of me is like, you would have a much stronger ally in Lucian if you were up front with him. Yeah, well, we'll get there too. <laughs> I agree. So anyway, and Lucian's, you know, he's, this is how come, I know, I don't think Lucian's as stupid as some people, like even Feyre is, I think, is underestimating him. Oh, sure, definitely. He says, he says, she's going to spin a story that you'll want to hear. And I'm like, you know, see, listen, to me, that reads less about like the, is he stupid? Is he not argument? And more in, I think for a moment, kind of what you just said, which is, I think he kind of opened a door. He's like, she's going to spin a story that you want to hear. He's admitting who Anthea is and he's waiting for her response. And I think you have to remember these chapters are from Favor's point of view. So I think she's reading it as like, mm, he's like setting a trap to try to like pull me in and be like, oh my God, she's not who she says she is anymore or whatever. But I think he's right. actually just opening a door to be like, look, sometimes you and I are on the same side. We both, fa- we both hate this bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he was actually opening a door for her to admit that, like you said, create that ally. And instead well, she's just kind of but- like, well i think it's also there's a peace offering involved too sure sure yeah i think i think Um, we have to remember these chapters are from her point of view so sometimes some of these things that she thinks are like so is he smart is he stupid is he playing dumb is he trying to manipulate me is he trying to trap me no i think he's just being lucian (laughs) well he is but at the same time i totally i totally like he says two things in here that totally kind of show his hand a little bit i think one uh-huh. is as he tells her that she dragged two innocent women into this sure and the second one is you know 
when Faramir feeds him a line about Ianthe doing this to keep the alliance with Highburn strong, his response was, you're smarter than that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's definitely caught on it and is calling her out, at least in regard to this. And then, of sure. course, the next, yeah. of course, then the next, the next question is, is where is he keeping her? Meaning Elaine. Right. So, and they kind of argue about the whole, you know, don't go find her because you'll die. And he's like, hey, I survived when I found you. Yeah, which like stick a feather, like stick, stick this in your pocket. You know what I mean? Like, like bookmark this because I, I kind of have a point to make about this later, but yeah. True. And Lucian argues, and he's like, I have to find her. And Feyre's like, you don't even know Elaine. The mating bond is just a physical reaction overriding your good sense. And here we go, tit for tat, because then Lucian comes yeah. back with, is that what it did to you and Reese? And I'm just like, oh, snap. Yeah. So I was just like, well, shit, here we go. So they go yeah. into the meeting, and we get a snowflake. And as she says, Ianthe looks like she did the last time she saw her. And she's literally so angry that at this point she's struggling to like really kind of keep the mask that she's put together on. Right. And she recognizes that the little circlet that the priestess wears with her blue stone, it reminds her of Azriel's um siphons right put a pin in that people we will come back to it much later in the book and you know so then ianthe does the typical grovel 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 i'm so sorry (laughs) right what a load of shit she's like you know i just i thought your greatest wish would be to have your sisters with you forever blah 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 i'm like even pharaoh's like really bitch and and i love it because lucian's response is if you expect our gratitude you'll be waiting a while i am the <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, 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 go go lucian like right? i said she's he's throwing down and she is not picking up and i'm like girl pick up what Lucian is giving you because you would have an ally. Yeah, she doesn't see it that way for now. Right. So anyway, Ianthe starts her little grovel, grovel, grovel. And, you know, I'm doing what I can to ensure that, you know, our people survive and, and this, this, this alliance with Highburn doesn't, you know, hurt our land or our people. And of course, Lucian has a great question to it because he's like, well, at the cost of how many others? So it's like, how many others are, are you throwing all the other courts under the water, under the bridge uh-huh. and out with the bathwater on this so that you can save your ass with Tiber? Apparently. And, you know, Lucian still goes on. And Tamlin, of course, then Tamlin tries to play Peacemaker, which cracks me up. I'm Ugh, like, really, dude? I know. You're such a fucking tool. And, you know, he's like, you know, we've, we've agreed certain conditions. We've all made sacrifices, yada, yada, yada. We need to be, you know, a presented united front. 
and this pisses Farrah off because she realizes that Tamlin still trusts her. You know, we're still in the middle of this conversation. Lucian has clearly shown what side of the argument he's on, and he is not on that side at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I'm like, all right, you go, you go, everybody, you know, the, 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 the end result is, well, we're all going to try and be better and be nicer and play well together. And Fair is just kind of disgusted. <laughs> As we all are. So, you know, I just, Tamlin, he tries to talk his way out of it. He can't. You know, he's like, well, I made, I made bargain and, but to be safe, I'm, I'm sending, I'm sending most of my people to the other side of the island away from Highburn. Um, I'm relocating them, which Farrah takes as a good sign. One, he's giving her information, but two, at least he's smart enough to know no matter what he needs to get his people the hell out right, of Right, right. But she's like, oh, look, I have information I can tell. I can I can pass on to my husband, <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> you go, Feyre. And then you know, at the very end, then Tamlin's like, "Well, this brings me to the you know after they've listened to, to <laughs> Auntie Gravel, and well, Feyre's not buying it, but she makes it sound like she is, and right, Lucian's like, "Fuck off, bitch," and <laughs> Tamlin's kind of trying to I don't know what the fuck Tamlin's trying to do nobody does so true so anyway um then tamlin's like so this brings me to the other reason behind the meeting at which point you're like oh fuck what you know and he's like the first delegation from highburn arrives tomorrow lucian's golden skin paled (laughs) tamlin added jurian will be here by noon (laughs) <laughs> that's the end of chapter one so you know we're, we're ending with all these happy notes not yeah yeah well so chapter two <laughs> <laughs> have at it my friend because it, it you're unpacking <laughs> a lot oh just just a wee bit i will get through this as efficiently as possible <laughs> i have faith all right so Feyre notes that she hasn't seen Jurian since that night in Highburn. And in case we forgot, she reminds us he was mad, had gone mad long before the King of Highburn had resurrected him to lead the human queens down a path of ignorant submission. And she wonders to herself how the hell Tam and Lucian didn't see that. (laughs) You know, like how they didn't see the crazy lurking below the surface. And like, hmm. You'll see. That's all I have to say. Put a pin in it. Feyre <laughs> <laughs> reminds us that upon her return, Tam promised she'd be included this time. And she had been so far. He tells her that Jurian is coming and bringing two commanders from Highburn and that she's welcome to be present for their arrival. Apparently, they want to survey the wall to choose where to use the cauldron because it's not as powerful as it should be. Apparently, it's a little burnt out after turning some peeps into Faye. specifically maybe because nesta took more than her fair share but whatever (laughs) just like putting it out there these first few chapters are like really weird if i'm being honest because like i said favor like narrates to herself in a way that i've never seen before (laughs) but whatever you got do what you gotta do girl like just stick it out it's gonna be okay 
Yep. <laughs> my first task, learn where they plan to strike and how long the cauldron required to re return to its full capacity and then yep. smuggle that information to Resand and the others. Okay, like, thank you for telling us your plan, but why are you narrating to yourself? <laughs> oh, really? Also, I don't feel like I have heard her call him Resan since she did not like him. But anyway, yeah. whatever. Farrah's lost her fucking mind. <laughs> so, well, I know, mean, considering where she is, I can't say I blame her. Fair, fair. So she sends that info that she has now down the bond for the first time since her initial message a few weeks ago. Plans that I sent down the mating bond the next morning, words and images stumbling along a night-filled corridor. I did not dare risk using the bond too often. I had communicated with Resand only once since I'd arrived, just once in the hours after I'd walk into my old bedroom and spied the thorns that had conquered it. It had been like shouting across a great distance, like speaking underwater. I am safe and well, I'd fired down the bond. I'll let you know what I know soon. I'd waited, letting the words travel into the dark. Then I'd asked, are they alive? Hurt? I didn't remember the bond being between us being so hard to hear. Even when I dwelled in the estate and he used it to see if I was still breathing to make sure my despair hadn't swallowed me whole. But Resan's response had come in a minute later. I love you. They are alive. They are healing. That was it. As if it was all that he could manage. And like, it is probably all he can manage. One, so we don't have this whole bond sensing issue. And two, he misses you, man. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Tell but, him. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> she really clings to the healing but alive part and apparently reminds herself of that every so often. I reminded myself of that every day, even when I still heard their screams, smelled their blood. <laughs> because you know this is a happy story <laughs> well I, you know i think it's funny that you know she's already talked about that part once now she brings it back up yeah again. she's like a little yeah i guess like you said she's a, little, she, she's a little crazy she's a little rocker slowing her old chica but she admits she didn't ask for more info because she was worried about the bond being scented and basically She's trying to be able to claim that any bond scent right now is just like lingering from whatever shitty thing he supposedly made her do. And eventually people are going to realize it's not fading. And then she's going to have to like GTFO and just like take whatever information she's got. Ding, ding, ding. So the real kicker is she knows she can't talk to him whenever. And the last time she saw his face was when this whole plan began. So unfortunately, the most recent image of Reese's face in her mind sucks. I was thinking of how pained that face had been the last time I'd seen it, thinking of Reese. What does she say? Uh, he's covered in Azriel and Cassian's blood as Jurian and the two hybrid commanders winnowed into the gravel of the front drive the next day. So yeah, she's like, oh Jesus, like I'm standing here these fucking hybrid commanders are here, but I'm just thinking about my poor hubby's sad, sad face. Oh, no. It's so, sad. yeah. <laughs> With that very minimal no snowflake transition, <laughs> if there was ever time for a snowflake, I think it was here, but I digress. Jurian right <laughs> and his buddies arrive to the spring court. Jurian is looking the same, you know, think battle leathers, human alive, whatever. And he brought with him two commanders, one dude, one dudette, the niece and nephew of the King of Highburn. We come to find out. <laughs> 
and apparently these They're two weird. are something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they are something. They're weird. They are twins, you see, and about as deadpan as you get, and they lack, you know, just any kind of emotion, enough so that like kind of freaks Feyre out. <laughs> Um, I will just say that there's a blog out there that I love to hate, but uh, they do make a good point and they call them the incest twins. <laughs> they are. They just are. <laughs> because to make matters weirder, Tamlin welcomes them and he mentions that they'll be shown their rooms. And the Dudette twin says, my brother and I shall reside in one together. Meaning one room. I mean, okay, I guess that could be for safety reasons, but it's still weird. Okay, <laughs> you find out what we do later. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> FYI, Favor's all dolled up in some stupid pink frou frou dress. And I guess the dude twin her. looks her up and down and is like, wow, look at this dumb princess, which is exactly the look Favor is going for. <laughs> True. Um, mostly for Tamlin's sake. Uh, this wouldn't matter, except it's a very calculated move. And one that honestly, I think luck has a lot more to do with than anything else. But what do I know? Like, I think she's just lucky that this is something that the dude at twin gives a fuck about. So <laughs> she's like looking her over like, oh, she's easy. She's useless. Honestly, I, I don't know that the pink foo-foo dress would have worked on everybody, but we luck out in this instance. So... Basically, the two twins are staring at Farah for like a little too long. And Tamlin says something like, you done staring at her now? Can we go inside? And Jurian steps in. They're curious. It's not every century that the contested possession of a female launches a war, especially a female with such talents. <laughs> and Farah throws in his face, Perhaps if you'd bothered going to war over Miriam, she wouldn't have left you. Burn! (laughs) (laughs) But basically, it's all a setup so she can say that in front of Tamlin. She's also trying to make sure she can weave in this little bit in front of him. Here's the first rule of this visit. Don't threaten me in my own home. (laughs) So like basically she baited jury in so that she could act all defensive about the spring court being her home yeah like I, I get it but like I said I think a lot of this like relied on luck <laughs> yeah dumb luck yeah but you know good for her but mm. I just have to say makes you wonder what game jury is playing because I know he's playing Ooh. a long game mm. yeah well mm, yeah I got some notes about that But FYI, this entire encounter happened in the doorway to the foyer where she, you know, had almost like sent the whole fucking place up in flames and Akamath after Tamlin locked her in. So like, we're super lucky that she's holding it together. True. But basically this whole thing was revealed as a plan in her head because she says internally, (laughs) just hear me out. She says, that's my first step make Tamlin believe truly believe that I loved him and this place and everyone in it so that he could not suspect when I turned them on each other and like you rock girlfriend I support you badass you are being badass but (laughs) that line where she says so that he would not suspect when I turned them on each other that line should have been the end of a chapter doesn't it sound right and two you already said something else was your first step. <laughs> you said your first step 
was to get info back to Reese. And I don't think you can have two first steps that seem well, redundant. Well, wait, wait, but she already did. Right, but you can't have two first steps. You did your first step. This would be step number two. Anyway, I don't know. At the very least, this feels like bad editing. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't disagree. But oh well, we get a snowflake uh, here for this is the snowflake that probably should have been further up the chapter, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, we learn that Thera has decided what might be part of what makes the twins weird is they may have the whole mind reedy speaky demati thing going on. And yeah. Yeah, basically they stare at each other a lot. <laughs> seem to communicate without speaking so you know that or they're just really good at reading each other because they're creepy incest twins but <laughs> we love you and i stare at each other a lot we, yeah exactly verbal yeah so i mean who knows but we learned that the plan is for the twins and jurian to head out to the wall tomorrow and they want to take a couple centuries with them and they you know want to find out where the holes in the wall are and fair is like oh oh here's my chance Lucian and I can escort you. And much to our surprise, Damlin does not stop her. Uh, he seems to have learned a little something, just a little, <laughs> from previous experiences. <laughs> Fair is annoyed, though. <laughs> Acting like it's shocking that Tamlin's a tool. <laughs> she thinks, you're letting them do this. You are rationally allowing them to bring down the wall and prey upon the humans on the other side. And like, yeah, and grass is green. Like, this is not new information. <laughs> Tamlin's an idiot. <laughs> but they were also notes internally that Tamlin is just like so delusional that he seems to think that she, a former human, is just going to like let this happen for the sake of togetherness. <laughs> like, what a fucking idiot. Like, he really believes that Feyre, former human, is gonna be like yes please just take down the wall because i don't give a fuck because we are together like what stop it <laughs> and farah tells everyone at the table that they'll leave after breakfast and take a few centuries with them and tam relaxes knowing that at least she won't be going with just lucian and the lot and she wonders if he heard about how she defended valaris and like obviously not i feel like that would have made all of this impossible but also he's king of the bozos so who knows <laughs> like damn just so fucking stupid we don't know king of the bozos. <laughs> i'm sorry he just really is <laughs> you're gonna break me one of these days with your little quips <laughs> But anyway, we get this weird side conversation where one of the twins inquires about Lucian's eyeball, like where to go, bro, and what's the deal with the gold thingy. And I, I mean, likely he's wondering because it's got like his eyes gone all whirly gig trying to figure out Favor's angle through all of this. So, like, I think that drew some attention. But Lucian then reveals that some lady fae is the one who made it for him. And Jurian decides to use this to get under his skin. Does your little mate have a rival? And like, this is just the beginning. He's clearly trying to get a rise out of Lucian because he starts talking about how Elaine has probably been with half the Illyrian army by now, which devolves into like this whole thing where Jurian basically calls Tam out and is like, what? It's probably true. You and I both know how Illyrians are. Blah, 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 blah. 
And the dude twin is like, did you know that we kept their wings as trophies? So like, it's basically all a setup just so that Feyre can remind us internally that she's been trying to find these sets of wings that Tamlin supposedly has from Reese's family. No luck on that search yet. So yeah, back to the drama at the table. Jurian reminds us that he, in fact, fought with Reese like back in the heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is directed at Feyre specifically, which is interesting. You know that we fought together, don't you? Me and your high lord held the lines against the loyalists side by side until gore was up to our shins. And like, this serves two purposes, but obviously one of them is just to piss Tam off by saying like, you know, your high lord, because Tam's like, he is not her high lord. But Jurian persists, eyes on Feyre, asking her about where Miriam is. So she plays dumb, telling him she's dead or she's been told that, and Jurian just doesn't let it go. (laughs) Not that easily anyway. Instead, he once again tries to fluster everyone at the table. They say you were fucking Rizan before you ever jilted your own lover. (laughs) And now Tam is done. (laughs) I mean, which, like, everyone likes to piss Tam off. I mean, he's an easy target. Uh, (laughs) But it turns out he was probably doing this mostly as a distraction. You see freaky twins? Totally Daymati, right? Okay, so this is how it goes down. But I felt it then. The tap against my mind saw their plan clear and simple. Rile us up, distract us, while a two quiet royals slid into our minds. Mine was shielded, but Lucian's? Tamlin's? I reached out with my night-kissed power, casting it like a net, and found two oily tendrils spearing for Lucian's and Tamlin's minds as if they were indeed javelins thrown across the table. I struck. Dagden and Brana, the twins jolted back in their seats as if I'd landed a physical blow while their power slammed into a barrier of black adamant around Lucian's and Tamlin's minds. They shot their dark eyes towards me. I held each of their gazes. What's wrong? Tamlin asked, and I realized how quiet it had become. I made a good show furrowing my brow in confusion. Nothing. I offered a sweet smile to the two royals. Their highnesses must be tired after such a long journey. And for good measure, I lunged into their minds, finding a wall of white bone. They flinched as I dragged my black talons down their mental shields, gouging deep. So, yeah. Basically, it just finishes with nobody speaking. But the important part here is just the teeny tiny last paragraph. The warning blow cost me a low pulsing headache forming around my temples but I nearly dug back into my food, ignoring Jurian's wink. Like, mm, just put that wink in the back of your mind. I'm not sure I totally grasped it on the first read, but like, then again, I kind of (laughs) did. So just put that in your pocket. But Ken, take us through chapters three and four. Chapter three. First visit to the ball. Mm-hmm. So Lucian and Farah go with Jurian and the weird twins. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're weird. Real weird. And as they're going through the woods to go to the first gap in the wall, 
I love I love this little description. Jarian and the two hybrid commanders who rode in the sun over our party. As if they were as awful as the Bagi, as the Naga. The three centuries trailing at a respectful distance behind, because the entire woods fell silent. Oi. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. They're so nice that the that the animals and the critters in the woods are treating the three of them like the Bagi or the Naga. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to call the cereal and spill some tea for them. For real. I don't know. I thought it was really hysterical that she's literally talking about how the land and the critters and everything are responding right. to those three visitors. And she she quite literally you know, equates them to the Bagi or the Naga. I'm like, oh, <laughs> lovely. Um, of course, you know, Jarian's being Jarian's trying to bait them into an argument. <laughs> you know, Dagdan and Brianna were doing their little mindy thing. And, you know, Feyre did set it up. So she kind of had smacked them as hard as she could. So go Feyre, you know. She was using her, her different powers to you know try and keep everybody as safe as she could apparently Tamlin was rather grouchy that morning but you know they were they were kind of by the time they left and Tamlin was at home they were all in better moods so that that's good right right well, that's some and Lucian points out the gap in the wall and they're all looking at it I love it the first question when they get there is you know who cleaved it Lucian's like, I we don't know. <laughs> like, they left a calling card with a note that said, "Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the time that I basically got hit by a deer. Like, I did not hit the deer; the deer hit my car. And when I called like the county police to be like, "Hey, just like FYI, there's probably like a dead deer in the road," they were like, "Oh, okay. Make sure you tell your insurance." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, duh." And then I called my insurance, and they're like, "Oh, okay. So there's like a dead deer. Uh huh." well like do you know where the deer is exactly and i'm like no they're like well well, can you like send us a picture of the deer no like what do you want from the deer it's fucking calling card like i didn't i didn't ask the deer hey i see you're on your last leg there can you give me your insurance information like jesus christ so i sort of feel like that's what they're asking lucian they're like okay so lucian like oh do you know when this came here now do you know how it came to be now do you know who did it now (laughs) no So I'm like, yeah, I feel for Lucian because I feel like I've had this conversation before. <laughs> I was just like, you know, he's like, uh, who did this? And he's like, uh, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I can, I relate. <laughs> I've, you know, I've been here. This is the first time they're, they're at the wall visiting the different holes in the wall on the spring lands. And I'm just thinking, oh my God. <laughs> If they ask this every time, we may have to like throw things at people or smack someone. Yeah. God, these fuckers are dumb. Because it's like, really? You think they're leaving a calling card every time they go through the wall? Here, I'm here. Like, you know, it's what you get the Kilroy is here sign or something. I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. I have, I guess I have more feelings about this than I thought because I'm sitting here talking about it getting upset. And of course, then Lucian's like, you know, some of these holes just appeared over time. Some of them aren't even big enough for one person to get through. Like, 
Right. Want me to show you all the ways the mice go back and forth? Like, really? For real? It is weird because Favor realizes for the first time, this is the first, this is where she came through the wall the first time. Right. And she points that out, which I'm like, okay. I haven't figured out if this is good or bad that she actually points this out, but she points this out. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Scratching my head, but all right. Lucian acknowledged that yes. Yeah, he talks about the other bigger holes. Just and- a note. Just just because yeah. I will make a point about this later. <laughs> just note the interaction here. This is where I came through that first time. Lucian nodded and the other two lifted their brows, but I took a step closer to Lucian, my arm nearly brushing his, letting him be a barrier between us. They'd been more careful at breakfast this morning about pushing against my mental shields, yet now letting them think I was physically cowed by them. Rana studied how closely I stood next to Lucian, how he shifted slightly to shield me too. Yes. Just just, just put that in the back of your mind because I just got, I got feelings later. <laughs> and there's going to be a point to this. <laughs> there is. Next episode. Next episode, right? Yeah. This sort of starts this episode, but yeah. End of this one, but yeah. Next episode. I know, I know where I know what you're going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Anyway, carry uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. And uh, but he's talking, he's like, look, we've counted three, plus there's one off the coast. And of course, Favor can't say anything about that one. Yeah. Because she knows about that one. And then, you know, at least Branna does make the comment of um. Well, the sea entrances are no use. They need to break it on the land. At which point, Farrah's like, well, but the continent surely has spots. And I, I, love, I love the argument that comes back from Highburn's people on this. Their queens have an even weaker grasp on their people than you do. Okay, <laughs> so why are you trying to break Prithian and not the continent? Again, begs the question, right? Yeah. You know they're like trying to figure out. Well, the next the next hole in the wall is two days from where they are currently, um, and then they're trying to figure out the third hole. Well, it's two days after that one. So Fair's like, "Fine, we'll plan these trips out. We aren't going to do it all in one day. We'll plan them out." And of course, then Fair decides to get a little snarky and bitchy, and I love it. She's like, "Can you winnow?" <laughs> I know, I know. You find out Branda can't, but Dagda can. But you know, the more people he has to carry the longer it's going to take. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Because mm-hmm. we all know Fair is more than strong enough to be able to do all of it. Yeah. So again, I thought I thought it was kind of interesting. So they leave Jurian and Brag, Dagda and Branna to go check out this hole. They go and sit and wait in the trees. And Lucian calls her up. He's like, whatever you're planning, it'll land us knee deep in shit. Fair was trying to play the innocent. I'm not planning anything. And she flat out asks him because he, he does the whole narrowing of the magic eye. And she's like, well, what do you even see with that thing? And you get no answer. So again, I think she's underestimating our friend here. I think the Lucian man is, is oh, yeah. much smarter than she's given him credit for. Sure, sure. And then, of course, I love 
I love it. So when he doesn't answer her, she's like, what? Don't trust me after everything we've been through? Yeah. He doesn't answer her. So I would say, no. No, he doesn't sugar. Yeah, but like, and this kind of goes with like the point I'm going to make later, which is like a little bit the point I just made earlier as well. I don't know that this is a trust issue so much in the sense of like, she's seeing this as we are not on the same side. Like, I don't like, I'm not going to work with you. Like, we are not friends. We are not on the same side. Like, don't you trust me? And like, I think for him, it's like, he doesn't answer, not because he doesn't trust her because it's like, what am I supposed to say? Like right now in this moment? No, I don't trust you, but not because I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I I think for him, he still looks at her and sees the little human under the mountain. You know what I mean? And he's like, I, like, I think he has so much guilt about the fact that he wasn't able to get her out of there then you know what i mean like i think he still sees her that way and doesn't really know how powerful she is now and he's just sorry kind of that like things ended up this way so i i I think it's just rough because she like i said the book is from her perspective just she's all you know what don't you trust me and he doesn't say anything and she takes that as a of course like you don't because we're enemies and i think he's like no we're not (laughs) right but he also doesn't know what her game is right so it's like what is he gonna say because like no i don't trust you but i wish i did (laughs) i agree i i really do think he wishes he did yeah i think he wishes he could yeah um so while they're sitting there picking daisies (laughs) (laughs) literally um the question comes up, Vera asks him, you know, well, what side of the war would you have been on? The the Hibern side or on the Fae human side? He's like, I'd have fought for the Fae humans. And he's like, even if your father wasn't? And he's like, especially <laughs> if my dad wasn't. We're going to give Daddy-O the big fat single fingers in the air. And she kind of calls him out and she's like, but yet here you are ready to march with Hibern. And he's, he's going to throw some cards out again for her right here and I love it he goes I did it for you too you know I went with him to get you back and she's like well I never realized what a powerful motivated guilt can be and he's like and I love this and I I Mm -hmm. highlighted this part like three times to really emphasize how how important this section is he goes that day you went away he said struggling to avoid the other word left I beat Tamlin back to the manor received the message when you were out on the border and raced here. But the only trace of you was that ring melted between the stones of the parlor. I got rid of it the moment before Tam arrived home to see it. A probing, careful statement of the facts that pointed not toward abduction. The fair lies and says they melted the ring off my finger. We know for a fact he doesn't believe her well it's not even and again it's not even just about not believing her because the 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 way it reads is his throat bobbed but he just shook his head the sunlight leaking through the forest canopy setting the ember red of his hair flickering like this is a man who not like he again he opened a door and she was just like "Mm, i don't know what you're talking about they melted it and he's just like like why why won't you like i think he's getting frustrated now i mean i mean this is a lot of projection because we don't have like a lucian book (laughs) but like i think 
he's getting frustrated because he's like, I, I, I am not Tamlin. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I'm I mean, not he, Tamlin. Yes, I'm he not- was protect. But he and he admits, yes, I was protecting Tamlin from what really happened. But at the same time, he realizes it was a choice, right, on her part. So no, I'm with you. I agree. I get frustrated at her because she's so angry and so blinded by her anger and her need for revenge. She's not really hearing what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. She's like real slow on this uptake. And it upsets me because I was like, girl, you're smarter than this. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, are we? I mean, we spent so much time sitting in a fucking cabin being mad at Reese. (laughs) We're not telling me he was my mate. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I want to believe she's smarter, but like, is she? <laughs> fair. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. She does thank him for coming to Highburn together. He's angry and he tells her, he goes, it was a trap. What I thought we were there to do, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. And she acknowledges that the situation that they're in is terrible. He snorts to it, which I have to say is kind of funny because it's, it's like, yeah, right, whatever. And Feyre, you see for the first time, really, I think this little, even mm-hmm. though she doesn't accept what he had said earlier and, and, and plays it off in a way she really honestly, in my opinion, shouldn't have, but that's my opinion. We, we suddenly see some of the walls coming down between the two of them, and I really appreciate sure. that because I think it's kind of important. and and. Trust me, people want to say I'm skipping over a whole lot of shit in this chapter. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but there are little moments like this that I think are important. I think Kelsey would agree. You know, like the fact that she's just like, don't let Jerry invade you. He's doing it to feel out any weaknesses between us. And he's like, I know. Again, like just, just to because I'm going to bring this up later, <laughs> put a pin in it because the exact thing that's happening is like you said, it's a nice little moment really for them because not only are they kind of like their walls down because they're talking, but you have to kind of get the mental picture, which is they're, they're sitting there and she, after she says, you know, this is a terrible situation. He snorts. There's kind of a pause there. And then before she goes into it, she like knocks her knee against him and is like, hey, don't let Durian bait you. He's doing it to feel out any weaknesses. Like, I just think it's important to note like the physical touch mm-hmm. there because yeah. they aren't getting along. And because it was such a big deal in Akatar and the beginning of Akamath that we kept pointing out the lack, like, like Tamlin and Feyre only communicated basically physically, but not even like this because there were no just like nice moments for them. It was like, they could not talk or they were fucking <laughs> like, there was exactly. no in between. Okay. Well, yeah. And then she had a very, very hard time communicating with Reese in any kind of physical way because it was like, no, I can't like him. I'm just newly broken up with Damlin. Like, you know, they really had like such a hard time getting there to right. like be able to have any like physical contact. So even just silly, weird little stuff like this that I keep pointing out where she's like, you know, I knock my knee against his, don't let Jorin bait you. Like, that's a big deal because it's her, you know? It is. And she's not and, good at that. And no, so the fact not. that she's but, making an effort, even maybe subconsciously, you know what I mean? Like subconsciously, yeah. she's still doing it. Well, she is. And the other thing about it is, and, and I hope you would agree with this, is that it also, it's a big moment because it really kind of 
it shows you the friendship in some ways is still there. Mm-hmm. Like you see the kind of friends that they were. And, and this is kind of a good example of that. And so we can kind of go with that. And I, I like that. I mean, it makes me happy at least. Um, Cause <laughs> I do like Lucian y'all. I don't like him as much as Kelsey does, but I do like me some Lucian. Yeah. Lucian's, <laughs> Lucian's, that- Lucian's cool people. This next page, though, I don't know, again, like, you and I sometimes, like, pick up on different stuff, and since I'm just, like, making my, <laughs> if you were somebody who listened to Agatar and Agamath, and I was making my uh, list at one time, where, like, every time she fucking brought up, like, how party Reese was, um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now, I'm making a Lucian list, because I, I got a fucking po- point to make later <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you picked up and then like right after this, so she does the knee knocking thing and now she's got her knee like against his while they're talking about yeah. this next thing. So if you want to go into that, I just sure, wanted to point out she, that she, again, there's like a physical component. <laughs> there is. Oh, it's huge. And it, it comes up actually right at the very end of this little bit. And she, right. She turns around and she looks at, it, at, at him and he, she wants to know, well, why, why is, why is Hybrid doing this? You know? what 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 is driving this is it hate is it arrogance like what what's driving this and he gets ready to answer her question he's like do you with another question and all of a sudden the hybrid royals and jurian show up but it's jurian who makes the smart ass comment because he's smiling seeing Feyre and lucian knee to knee and almost like as it says knee to knee and nose to nose and i'm like yeah it's a weird moment <laughs> because like i said it's like knee knocking the knee touching and then she like turns to him and they're clearly having like a very like i think the nose to nose comes in because they're trying to be quiet you know what i mean they're like not exactly. trying to draw attention of course how the fuck well, yeah, would that not draw attention but then there's also this weird fucking component where she's like Lucian finally looked at me, the intricate pieces and carvings of the metal eye so much more dazzling up close. All right. I mean, again, Farrah sometimes just like goes off on a mental tangent. And that's nice. I was trying to be good and not do that. So <laughs> yeah, but like that's nice, I guess. It's just it all feeds into the fact like it just is all feeding into this list of weird fucking moments that i yeah i'm going like that all come full circle later and that's why i'm like no like <laughs> they seem unimportant and you may not pick up on them i'm not really fully sure i did the first time i read it like i picked up on bits and pieces but now i'm seeing so many more of them <laughs> that i'm just like wow there's a lot here to to unpack yeah so anyway yeah so she's yeah a staring into his eyeballs <laughs> their nose to nose and knee to knee of course Jerry's gonna be like the fuck <laughs> Jerry being snarky ass obnoxious Jerry and was like careful Lucian do you see what happens to males who touch the high lord's belongings no womp womp <laughs> God, a dick <laughs> of course Lucian snarls favor glares and despite Jurian, despite the sneering Orioles, the corner of Lucian's mouth tugs upwards. Okay, Lucian. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm just, just again, just like just putting, make it part of your list of weird things yeah. Kelsey's obsessing over, and uh, we'll get to that later. Well, I obsess too. I'm just letting you obsess more right now because 
both of us obsessing would be a bit much. <laughs> Anybody could really handle two of us both. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fair. I'll fair. Nice. So we do get a little snowflakey, and then <laughs> they, they're back at the, the manor house because you know the business at the wall is done. And Ianthe is waiting for them in the stables to put on her little dog and pony show. Ugh. Yeah. And she, uh, Ianthe is Ianthe, and I'm going to leave it at that because I swear if I if I don't, that, I'm yeah, just I mean go that off pretty much it really tangent. does pretty much clear up <laughs> what happens here. Ianthe acts like herself, <laughs> and of course, poor Pharaoh does acknowledge she hasn't been on a horse in months yes she's been busy training with cassian but her training has nothing to do with horses it's swords and yeah hand to hand and you know other shoulders and this is hips and back (laughs) thighs yeah (laughs) it's it's a whole different but yeah so anyway so she's they get to the stables and poor poor favorite she's hurting and she she gives Lucian this look to kind of like go help <laughs> help which so I he, he, I believe I believe that she was basically eyeballing help I just really thought his response was gonna be something snarky like what you been doing bitch what you been doing like how, how, how yeah. like, what do you mean you haven't been on a horse in forever you know what I mean I was sure he was gonna be a snarky ass but he isn't yeah he just kind of smirks at her goes over and he helps her off the horse <laughs> good man Would good man fine if the description wasn't so fucking weird i gave lucian a subtle pleading look and he barely hit his smirk as he sauntered over to me sauntered okay our dis- <laughs> dispersing party oh, you guys you missed i was making a face at kelsey you guys i'm like i did my little my little face <laughs> with my little man strut walking there with a little smirk on my face she did she did uh and our dispersing party watched (laughs) as my wrist uh our dispersing party watched as he braced my waist in his broad hands and easily hefted me off the horse none more closely than ianthe i only patted lucian on the shoulder and thanks ever the courtier courtier he bowed back And I mean, I like this. It was hard sometimes to remember to hate him, to remember the game I was already playing. And I mean, I think that is what you and I were just saying, which is like the walls are coming down. They're just coming down in such a weird way. Saunter, saunter, broad hands, hefting me off a horse. I just, anyway, carry on. (laughs) It's like just, i don't know (laughs) i just feel like these are leading me to more questions than i have answers (laughs) you know ianthe is you know were they happy like she's she's totally playing the whole were they happy and the whole bit and pharaoh's just like yeah i guess so oh as happy as you can be looking for holes in walls (laughs) yeah it's mind-numbingly boring i assume <laughs> i would imagine can't imagine that that's a celebration in and of itself yeah woo, let's have a party mm, no i could think of other things i'd rather be doing um but she you know lucian is is just not nice to her and he's like well, what do you want 
And um, I actually love, I can't wait to see this on TV. I'm not going to lie. Agreed. What fun. This moment, this, this little scene will probably have me in stitches. And um, so Ianthe's like thinking she's throwing down the Trump card. She's like, we're to have a party in honor of our guests and to coincide with the summer solstice in a few days. And I wish to speak to Feyre about it. I roll. That's all I can say is I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah, Feyre's like, Jesus. You know, Ianthe was like, you know, unless you have an objection to that. And Feyre was like, he doesn't. Give me an hour to eat and change and I'll meet you in the study. But I love it because all of a sudden, Farrah was no longer meek and docile. She's not letting Ianthe tell her anything. This is the Farrah who is the high lady of the night court. Mm-hmm. She is. Saying, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to wait for me, bitch. And I'm taking uh, Redhead with me because she links yeah. elbows and is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like We're going away. Bye-bye. <laughs> gotta go say bye-bye <laughs> and they're walking in and then once they're far enough away Farrah's like what happened between the two of you yeah wow shit and then she's like he's like well I, you know he doesn't want to talk about it and she's like did they when did he did she and Tamlin when I was and she's kind of feeling sick thinking about that because she's like Ooh. and he's like no and I love this because this this tells you a lot. And and remember, guys, we talked about this last book when when Reese showed a little bit with with her in his room under you know under uh under court of nightmares, right? Mm-hmm. This this we told you then put a bit of a pin in it. We were going to see some stuff. He's like, no, he said hoarsely, no. When Callan Mai came along, he refused. He flat out refused to participate. I replaced him in the right, but, and then Pharaoh's like, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten about Kalamai and the right. And I did a mental tally of the days. No wonder I'd forgotten. I'd been in that cabin in the mountains with Reese. It's like, perhaps we generated our own magic that night. <laughs> and then, of course, she looks at Lucian and she's like, you took Ianthe into the cave on Kalamai and he can't meet her gaze. And he's like, she insisted. Tamlin was, things were bad, Farah. I went in his stead and I did my duty to the court. I went of my own free will and we completed the right. Yeah. Yeah. And Farah's just like, oi. Ugh. You need a bleach scrub after that. Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, don't tell Elaine. Oh, yeah. Like, Farah's going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is sweet. She actually is like, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> really? And it's She's like, not gonna want to tell anyone that. My well, God, that's a yeah, nightmare. but it's it's nice that she does tell him that. Like she 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 understands that this is kind of like embarrassing and awful. <laughs> so she's like, I won't. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she even has. I mean, she's now she is having some guilt because yeah. of this. And she's like, I wish I'd been there to stop it. I should have been there to stop it. And I'm like, girlfriend, no. <laughs> and she means it. And I'm just like, girlfriend, no, you should not have been there. <laughs> but Lucian's response is to squeeze their arms. And I love what he says. You 
are a better friend to me, Feyre, he said quietly, than I ever was to you. Like we said, I think he still has a lot of guilt about how shit under the mountain turned out. I do too, but damn boy, at least you're finally getting your head out of your ass a little. Well, like I said, I, I think he always, he, I think that some of why he acts the way he does is because of that guilt. True. True. But I don't know. Let me give a snowflake. (laughs) Personally, I think they could have dropped the chapter there. Yeah. Well, but Hey, what do I know? But this is a cute little moment. Alice is trying to look between two dresses with Feyre in the room, trying to find a dress that will fit Feyre. She's looking at Feyre and she's looking at these dresses and she's like, you know, they're having a hard time finding clothes that will fit Feyre that Uh Feyre hasn't already worn. And Alice is like, I don't know if the waist can be taken out anymore because yeah, remember she was so depressed. She was like, Reese kept asking if they were feeding her because she was Uh losing so much weight. Yeah, Feyre's not like that anymore. She's healthy. Yeah. And it says in here, she's like, we took so much of it in that there's not much fabric left to play with. You might very well need new ones. Uh uh Don't. And she's like, she faced me then, turning an eye over my robed body. I knew what she saw, what lies and poison smiles couldn't hide. I'd become wraith thin while living here after Amarantha. Yet, for all Reese had done to harm me, I'd gained back the weight I'd lost, put on muscle, and discarded the sickly pallor in favor of sun-kissed skin. For a woman who had been tortured and tormented for months, I looked remarkably well. Yeah. Remember, guys, I love Alice. I think Alex is one of my all-time favorite characters in the story, like, who isn't a main character of any kind kind of calls her out and as, as she should as she should and they're busy trying to find a dress for Farah to wear at the solstice tomorrow she Farah admits she's been feeding all these lies to Bagden and Branna about the ongoing in the night court and we're the strongest and the weakest and the whole bit which good for her because well you know I think that's a smart idea um Alice, as as Feyre says, for all of my careful expressions, Alice seemed to be the only one who noted the tiny tells that even I couldn't control. She's like, so Feyre asks her, you know, do you you think you have any, I have any gowns that'll fit for the solstice? The pink and green ones seem to fit, but I've already worn them thrice already. And Alice is like, you never care much for these things. Uh And Feyre's like, well, can I change my mind? And I love it because Alice has a little ace up her sleeve and she's like, well, you can wear this. Which are night court clothes. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be fabulous. I would love to see Feyre in the night court clothes. Yes, so. I think it'd be a good time. And of course, poor Feyre is like, oh God. And 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 she's, she's like, I've never known you'd be cruel, Alice. <laughs> Then Alice is like, she took the clothes back into the armoire. Tamlin shredded the other two sets. Missed this one because it was in the wrong drawer. Pharaoh's checking to make sure, you know, who's out there. And she's like, you know, well, I wish she had destroyed these two. And Alice 
has this zinger and I, I've highlighted this one several times and this is so important you guys because remember we know we know Lucian's I don't think Lucian's totally like I don't think he's as stupid about what's going on as Thera is is thinking he is but Alice definitely isn't and here's how we know because she puts all of her cards down she goes I was there that day you know Alice said folding her spindly arms across her chest I saw the Morgan arrive Saw her reach into that cocoon of power and pick you up like a child. I begged her to take you out. My swallow wasn't feigned. I never told him that. Never told any of them. I let them think you'd been abducted. But you clung to her and she was willing to slaughter all of us for what had happened. I'm like mic drop to Alice. I know. She's throwing down, right? And she then goes, servants talk. And under the mountain, I never heard or saw Resan laying a hand on a servant. Guards, Amaranthus cronies, the people he was ordered to kill, yes. But never the meek. Never those unable to defend themselves. Fair was trained to do the, he's a monster. It's like, Jesus, girl, just shut up. And, and Alice would be the best ally you have in the spring mm-hmm. court. Shut the fuck up and let Alice be there. I know. She's telling you. I know. And Alice then says, they say you came back different, came back wrong. I never bothered to tell them, I think you came back right. Came back right at last. And then Alice is like, my cousin works in the palace at Adriata. And Farrah doesn't, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Summer court. Alice had originally been from the summer court and fled there when her two nephews after her sister had been murdered during Amarantha's reign. And then Alice continues, servants in that palace are not meant to be seen or heard, but they see and hear plenty when no one believes they are present. She said you visited and that you were healthy and laughing and happy. Poor Farah is trying to lie her way out of it, saying it's lie. <laughs> yeah. And Alice is looking at her and smiling, saying, if you say so. And so then Alice's ace, ace dress is well, you never got to wear this one. I had it ordered for after your wedding day. The <laughs> white dress. Yeah. And Thayer acknowledges that it's 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 not bride-like, but it was rather pure and, and clean. And she goes, it's the kind of gown I'd have resented when I returned from under the mountain, desperate to avoid any comparison to my ruined soul. And they kind of come to an unspoken understanding because Alice seemed to understand it. She set the dress on the armoire door, airing out the loose, shining skirts. Wear this on solstice, she said. So I did. End of chapter. Oi. Yeah. Alice definitely. Alice knows what's up. Alice and the cereal. They've always been on top of it. Spilling the tea. They are. I I love me some Alice. I do. She is probably one of my favorite characters. And I have to admit, we get to a point in this series that I I still want to know what happened to Alice. Like, yeah yeah same she is a loose end in my book that i want tied one way or another Mm -hmm. agreed call me crazy right so that's the end of chapter three so we've had a bit happen but i think it's great because chapter three kind of shows you all right she has one good ally in the spring court and that's alice for sure for sure if fira got her head out of her ass she probably would realize lucian would be an ally yeah but we'll be lucky if she uh figures that out anytime soon 
I'm not holding my breath there. Yeah. Well, anyway, chapter four. Chapter um, four is the solstice. Chapter four. So Alice has kind of laid things out with Feyre in the last chapter. And uh, well, here we are in chapter four and it's a solstice. Now, for those of you who read along and have been through book one oh. and now book two. <laughs> Book one, if we recall, the summer solstice is when Feyre and Tamlin finally got together. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's the summer solstice again, boys and girls. Which also, like, wow, look how far we've come in a year. <laughs> it really is. Because it's so strange to think it's only been a year. Because it feels a lot longer. <laughs> oh, hell Yes. <laughs> Although it being summer is really convenient for a song suggestion I'm going to make later. So carry on. <laughs> Fine. So it starts off in, and favorite, I love the first sentence in the chapter. It says, summer solstice was exactly as I had remembered. Streamers and ribbons and garlands of flowers everywhere. Casks of ale and wine hauled out to the foothills surrounding the estate. High fae and lesser fairies alike flocking to the celebration. Okay. It's a party. But you know who wasn't there last year? That isn't what I was going to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I understand it might piss somebody off, but you and I both know it's true. <laughs> okay, it is true. Now, what I was going to say is, is that these heavily Bible-thumping Christians, of whom I am related to several, <laughs> um, are missing one validly, hugely important historic point which is that the christian faith absor- absorbed all of the different pagan yeah, celebrations I mean, don't at all the different started on the fact that christmas trees are yeah anyway pagan <laughs> yeah whatever. yule logs are pagan the hanging of the greens is pagan mm-hmm. the mistletoe is pagan i don't know who you telling <laughs> like rare sorry it's okay we can cut this whole conversation because it's probably better that we do but you and i both know it's true and now we feel better because we're on the same page anyway carry on okay sorry that was a so anyway so last year who wasn't here our favorite priestess to hate Anthe. and of course Anthe's like well you can't celebrate because it's like sacrilegious (laughs) bitch shut up I don't actually even understand how that could be like clearly I do not understand this quote-unquote religion we have going on here now that I think about it because sacrileges in what way like either you celebrate the solstices or you don't I I don't I'm confused (laughs) who are these gods of the seasons who are like but don't celebrate (laughs) well not on that but you can't celebrate unless you say thank you um that's kind of the point of the celebration sort of thought that's what a celebration was but what the hell do i know so anyway yeah i anthe's a little hmm, not right and i don't mean in her answer to this i'm talking about in other ways people <laughs> sorry i almost made kelsey choke sorry yeah, about that just just choking on my water over here but yeah no no argument for me <laughs> sorry friend um so 
I love this because apparently Ianthe made this big fuss in the ceremony they had. They had to all be at the outdoor ceremonial site. Are you ready for this, people? Are you ready? Two hours before the sunrise. I'd be like, bitch, I'm Yeah, I was going to say, don't you feel like you would just be like, hey, Tamlin, you're the high lord. How do you feel about mornings? And he'd be like, fuck them. <laughs> and then we'd all be like, yeah, so what he said. <laughs> exactly. So the the way this is explained though it's hysterical it's like none of us it's we all were up two hours before dawn bleary eyed none of us too keen to endure her ceremony ah! <laughs> sorry that's very yeah tell it. us how you really feel <laughs> yeah tell us how you feel here because we're just feeling all the love let me tell you not and um anyway now, it does cross Feyre's mind in all of this. And I, I, I'm kind of intrigued that she does this because now I, I, I've always admitted I have a mild curiosity because she wants to know what Tarquin's doing. Like, it's the summer court. This is the summer solstice. This should be their biggest holiday. Like, the winter solstice is the biggest holiday for the winter court. Like, it makes sense. Right, right. Like, the, the great rite of Kalanmai is the one for spring. And then I'm sure. <laughs> I repeat, explain to me why the spring court is the only one that has a weird fucking ritual. <laughs> like everybody else is just like, we just like have a barbecue <laughs> or a bonfire. Actually, actually, I can explain that. Be afraid. This goes back to the fact <laughs> that it's based off of a Celtic myth. If you know what your Celtic mythology and fairy tales were all about, then you also know that part of their religious rites for the different holidays, um, in particular spring, the, the beginning of spring, Beltane or uh, Kalanmai or whichever, you know, fire day, it's all about like they use, it's sex magic. And it has to do with uh, the fertilization of the ground. And they they, yeah, they yeah. manifest I mean, I it through it. sex. But and, I'm and, just saying that the other areas don't have but this none problem. Of, so like, why are we? Yeah, but, I'm just saying how are we gonna villainize the night court for being fucking weird. When I'm sorry, but only one of these courts is actually fucking weird. I don't disagree. That part I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with. I'm just saying you're you're you're. I mean, I know where it comes from. I know, but we're also pretending this is a fantasy land, which means in theory, they've never heard the Celtic fairy tales. <laughs> oh, well, you know, then we shouldn't be using Tamlin. I know. I'm just saying, like, sometimes you can only, I guess my point is, is while it's fun to watch Sarah J. Mass like mash some stuff up and be like, I'm going to take a little bit over here. I'm going to take a little bit over there. Sometimes it don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, anyway, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. Like, I actually Fair. know why the great right is the great right and why they do what they do. And no, let's rephrase. You know why the words make it make sense. You don't know why oh, yeah. somebody was like, you know, it would be a good idea if only one of these courts has a weird fucking ritual. <laughs> like okay, that part, no, you're right. But like, I understand. I understand the historic basis from which right, it comes from. Right. How yes, that? there you go. You understand the context it came from, but nobody understands. I don't think anybody in Perthia understands this. Like, it's no. just like, 
it's just like why does but it's like how in the magician it was the magicians i think it's the magicians no what was it something recently where they were to oh whoo it's blood and ash when they're talking about how they fucking have electricity and they're like wait what's electricity and they're like you know we got like running water you like flip a switch and shit and they're like you have what i feel like that's prithian like i feel like why is all prithian like yeah we have electricity and running toilets and the spring court's like you have what (laughs) pretty much i don't understand (laughs) the night court basically does yeah so i don't know i guess my point is just yeah yeah we can explain away why these celtic words mean these things but that doesn't make actual like sense in the context of brithian to me <laughs> i wish okay this goes back to the discussion we had in book one about Kalanmai and the great right and like we want more information i still want more information right basically kim and i are making a point that this book has now come one full year we're back where we started and we still don't really understand but it's okay <laughs> no woo um and yes while the summer solstice is a big deal in the spring court the big so each court will have one of the the one of the one of the special holidays that aligns to them okay um summer solstice is probably most important for the dawn court and well no the day court and summer because summer solstice is the longest day of the year sure all right so winter solstice is the high holy holiday for the winter court and the night court because it's the longest night of the year sure and then you're gonna have Kalanmai, which is the big holiday for spring because of the kickoff of the spring season and the the whole thing, which means Samhain or Samhain, depending on how you say it and what part of Gaelic you talk about, um, for the autumn court is the big one because that's, it's Halloween as we would call it, but it's, it's when the veil is the thinnest. Which I'm um, sorry, just reminds me of that post I saw on Facebook that was like, you know, fall equinox, also known as like sowate, sowate, or pumpkin spice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, which is appropriate, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a pumpkin spice girl, so that one's kind of lost on me i've never been a pumpkin spice girl i admit it maybe i need to turn in my my white girl card i, I don't know it's but okay. it's not my thing you like apple cider that counts yes i love me some apple cider i'm an apple girl i'm not a pumpkin spice and girl you're fine <laughs> sorry i fall is my favorite season of the year so Same anyway season. um so yeah so there's that but we um the only one that I really don't know where it would fit in is the Dawn Court. Maybe they just don't have any parties. I don't know. Or maybe they party all the time. <laughs> oh my asking, God. We are asking these questions. Like somebody from the Dawn Court is going to call in and explain this to us. <laughs> so, Dawn Court fans, <laughs> for, for our fellow, fellow Valkyries right can somebody listen can can somebody somebody please explain because i'm gonna have to go like look it up now because it's the only court that i can't figure out where the hell their holiday is do they never party party all the time 
party when the sun comes up? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have to sit there and think about which one would be the most relevant holiday for them. <laughs> the only thing I can think is when we turn the clock back and forwards. <laughs> so the equinoxes? <laughs> no, okay. no, they do it when, uh, what is that? Daylight savings. <laughs> right, but... <laughs> You know, because that fucks up your morning. <laughs> I mean, here's my. <laughs> so here's my thing. It's possible it could be that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it since um, we're like, you know, humans are the only ones stupid enough to do that. <laughs> well, that's why I'm thinking maybe. I mean, the equinoxes in some ways make sense because the equinoxes show a perfect balance in the day. I so friends. I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know. But you know, Don Court friends, if any of you are out there, feel free to contact us, email, however you know, like all of our stuff is at the end of the web, is, uh, um, end of the episode, or, you know, look it up, whatever, but send us the info, because honestly, I'm going to have to go research this now, because I have everybody else figured out, but Don, so I don't get them, they're, they're the mystery, I don't know, I mean, maybe they get the Easter Bunny, I don't know, oh god, <laughs> Anyway, yes, I'm a little slob happy at this point. Sorry, people. It's been it's been a ride just to get to this point in the story, and we're only in chapter four. So buckle up. We got a long way to go. Um anyway, but I am I am entertained that that in all of this, Feyre is like, you know, she's curious what what do they do in the summer court? What would what would Tarquin and his peeps be doing? Which you know, I kind of get. It's kind of cool. I, I respect that she's actually genuinely asking that question it it you know shows an interest outside of her own little immediate world now she's wearing this gorgeous white dress that alice had told her to wear Mm -hmm. and she says and she says in here in her internal monologue she goes if i had wanted to paint a picture of serene purity it would have been that image that i cast that morning my hair braided above my head a crown of white hawthorn blossoms upon it and she's like i dabbed rouge onto my lips and cheeks a slight hint of color like the first blush of spring across a winter landscape all right she's, girl. she's out here doing the most yeah you're painting it a little thick back it off just a hair okay so they do this all up the, the ceremonial steps up on top of a hill and um, they all get up there. So Feyre does notice that all of this happiness is going to be taking place. Ianthe is standing up there and the hood to her robe is off her head, which is like a first. <laughs> what? Yeah, really. And Feyre being Feyre smiles that sweet, serene um, at Ianthe. Sorry, I can't help myself, you guys. It's just, yeah, it's just how we feel. Anyway, she's on the other side of the hill from the altar that Ianthe is standing behind. Tamlin helps her off the horse. And I love this. She's like, I force myself to meet his eyes, aware of every other stare upon us. Okay, can you lay it on any thicker? Do I need to get you like, do I need to get you a trowel so that you can like spread it out a little bit more? I mean, this is, it's really thick here. I'm sorry. And, and then she says, the memory gleamed in his gaze and the way his gaze dipped to my mouth. So yes, Tamlin, my friends, is remembering what happened a year ago. Hmm. And she's like, 
a year ago, he had kissed me on this day. A year ago, I danced amongst these people carefree and joyous for the first time in my life and had believed it was the happiest I'd ever been and would ever be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what a lie that is. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, it does suck, though, a little bit because, you know, she's sitting here like, wow, what a weird like it's like what you and I said, what a weird fucking year. (laughs) Yeah, it's only been a year, but it feels like 10 and yet it doesn't. And damn. (laughs) Yeah. So they're all doing a little ceremony. And remember, Feyre had worked with Ianthe to include the Hybern Royals and Jurian and part of this little ceremony i i just love this she's like i glanced sidelong at tamlin he was studying my hand braced on his arm the empty finger where that ring had once perched lucian you got some explaining to do (laughs) yeah he's the lucy in this one sorry right (laughs) hey lucy (laughs) And she's like, you know, I pitied, pitied that not only Lucian had lied to him, but Alice had as well. How many others had seen the truth of my suffering and tried to spare him from it? And then she says, seen my suffering and done nothing to help me. Which the only one who really did was Alice. Let's be real. Yeah, I do sort of, I guess maybe more next episode. Sort of, I think it's more probably next episode that I'll make this point, but I think Lucian tried to help more than like right now Feyre realizes. Like we know that she should mm-hmm. realize how much Alice helped her. So the fact that she's saying this is a little bit bullshit. But I mean, even it turns mm-hmm. out Lucian did a lot more than we're giving him credit for. So I, again, it's like we said earlier, I just think she's like a little bit lost in the whole anger weeds (laughs) i agree absolutely she's a little yeah so this whole little drama continues on and highburn's royals are less than happy and more than impatient during all of this happiness um and i love how she says this it's Branna had made barely veiled complaints about the solstice at dinner last night, declaring that in Highburn they did not bother with such odious things and got on with the revelry. Well, tell us how you really feel, honey. Talk about Um, boring. Like, they don't apparently celebrate anything and they just, like, you know, pillage. I don't know. (laughs) Well, think back to the description of the island and the castle. It makes a whole lot of sense, you know? Anyway, this little ceremony is going on, and poor, poor Lucian's falling asleep, by the way. <laughs> and, um, but as Farrah says, she's gone over the ceremony, and she knew it was coming when, at one point, a chalice of wine is lifted, and there is a jab made to the night court that says, as the light is strongest today, let it drive out unwanted darkness, let it banish the black stain of evil. And then she calls over the two Hybern royals to help, which puts them on the other side of this altar. So the crowd is, you know, letting them do their thing. They go over there and they're trying to, to get out of this. And of course, Anthony doesn't give them a chance. So then they're kind of stuck there. And Anthony makes them stay there with her, which is really funny. And then Tamlin gets summoned and then Jurian gets summoned. So the only people left on the other side are Farah and Lucian. 
And yes, this is a setup. It's the best set. I love this. So this whole little thing goes on and all of a sudden they're standing there just as the sun is coming up. <laughs> the sun comes up and Ianthe steps and she raises her hand up over her head, tilts her head back like she's in rapture, expecting to be bathed in the light of the sun. But she's not. But, but something goes wrong. Because <laughs> instead, the sun breaks over the horizon. And it's filling the world all bright. And it says, and I quote in here, the sun rose, a held gilded note echoing through the crowd. The crowd began to murmur, then cry out, not at Ianthe, but at me. At me, resplendent and pure and white beginning to glow with the light of the day as the sun's path flowed directly over me instead. No one had bothered to confirm or even notice that Ianthe's marker stone had moved five feet to the right. Too busy with my parading arrival to spy a phantom wind slide it through the grass. It took Ianthe longer than anyone else to look. To turn to see the sun's power was not filling her, blessing her. So I released the damper on the power that I had unleashed in Highburn, my body turning incandescent as light shone through, pure as day, pure as starlight. Oi! <laughs> of course, everybody's all, <gasps> and then she turns to no, like as one does if somebody's fucking glowing, okay? Well, yeah. I just think it's funny how she set this up because this is truly like one of those. Oh, for sure. Like if I were a fly on a wall, I'd be laughing my ass off in the corner. One of moments, you know, she turns solution, favor turns solution. Her lights radiating so brightly. It's actually bouncing off the metal eye. And she's looking at him like, what do I do? Help. And she's reaching a hand out towards him. And poor Anthony is like panicked because this is out of her control. And Lucian finally realized that this is out of Ianthe's control, but <laughs> maybe he could play with this. He takes her hand, Beira's, kneels on one knee in the grass, pressing her fingers to his brow. And like the stalks of wheat in the wind, the others fell to their knees as well. This is awesome. I love it. I mean, like, Pharaoh, like, one-ups Ianthe in the best way possible. She really does. She really it's does. It's, like, perfect. This is like beautiful. Like I, I could not have planned this better. And so it's just like Feyre is now blessed, holy, undimming before evil. And she let her glow spread until it too rippled from Lucian's bowed form a night before his queen. And then she goes, and when I looked to Ianthe and smiled again, I let a little bit of the wolf show. I love <laughs> Go, that. Girl. I love that. Go girl. And then we get Snowflake. <laughs> like you do. Can I, can I, can I say, I want to see this on TV. <laughs> oh yeah. That's going to be fun. I can't wait. <laughs> I really hope we get the bird's eye view that we all wanted because I want to see this on TV. So after the drama <laughs> of the ceremony, um, the rest of the party is the same as it was last year. And Feyre stays close to Lucian, 
Because, of course, you know, remember, we are playing a little part here. And she says everyone well, is torn. A, well, we're playing a part, but also we're trying to figure out how can we be here, but also avoid Tamlin. <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, she is trying to, like, not. While she's trying to lead Tamlin down a little merry chase and path and, and play with his emotions, she's like, Mm-mm, don't come near me, dude. I don't even want you within like 10 feet of me if I can avoid you. Right. Um, and so, you know, everybody, you know, everybody else in the court is all somewhere between joy and on questions and concern and, and just, you know, how do we handle this? And apparently, Ayanthi spent the next several hours trying to explain what had happened to anyone who was willing to listen to her, which, God, I hope not many were, because seriously, Ayanthi, shut up. Tamlin apparently is very wary because he remembers how unhappy Feyre was whenever she was in the spotlight. So he's not sure what to make of all of this. She says... It's as if he remembered that same light in Highburn and could not figure out why it disturbed him so. No, that's giving him too much credit. He ain't that smart. I know, but this is what it says in the book. I'm telling you. I mean, this is how, how Pharaoh's seen it. So who knows? And um, anyway, he thanked everybody for all their, you know, well wishings and blessings on the blessing given to Pharaoh. It's just funny because, you know, she's like, I don't have a quarrel with his people. I have a quarrel with him and Ianthe. Right. Which, fair. And so she she just kind of plays it up through breakfast and through lunch. She finally goes back to the manor house and she's like, I need to, I need to change. <laughs> Can take a bath, wash all of the crazy off. She sends a message to Reese down the bond. And she, she tells him what happened. I know. She tells him what it was. And she's kind of laughing about it. And she's like, I wish I could have shared it with you instead. And apparently he does respond back. And he's like, it'd be an honor to spend even a moment in the company of Pharaoh Cauldron Blessed. So, you know, he's like playing along and just loving this. I'm sure he was like entertained as hell to hear what she had pulled. And then, you know, it's... It, She's asking how everyone's doing and, and he's, you know, everyone's good. But then he goes, when do you come home to me? And she's like, each word is quieter than the last. And she goes, soon, I promised him, Highburn is here. I'll be done soon. He didn't reply. And I waited another few minutes before I again donned my flower crown and strode down the stairs. So poor Pharaoh. She's out there. And then Resan comes back and, and, you know, Bell just he really wishes he could be with her. So it's it's really sweet. She's returning to this party. And as she said, she goes, my steps are heavier now than they were when I had floated into the house after everything. Well, and I think it's like kind of important to acknowledge, like, again, this book is from her point of view. So like right now, mm-hmm. like she misses him. She wishes, you know, that she could have spent the day with him, blah, blah, blah. But like she is like knee deep in a plan. Like she is busy. Oof. She is, you know, conniving and planning and executing plans you know what i mean so Plotting. yeah so like she's busy to say the least but reese is kind of just waiting so I like know. that's really hard i think that he's like i can't really help and i'm just waiting i know my heart breaks for him it really does she notices that tamlin's waiting for her when she gets back out to the party and she's like, once these same sounds had shaken me awake and had made me dance and dance. 
Cheers, I suppose they were now little more than weapons in my arsenal as I stopped before Tamlin, lowered my lashes, and asked softly, will you dance with me? So again, remember, she is leading him on a merry chase. She is setting this up. Yeah, we are playing a game. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, he's all relieved. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. You know, like any suitor who's just whatever. So she, they go dancing and she's flirting and playing a game. He, he asks her about what happened and, you know, she is okay and she has a part to play. And she's like, you know, and then she's like, well, is anything mad? And, and he's like, you know, I don't know. She didn't see it coming. I don't think she handles surprises very well. <laughs> Under, like, that's just the understatement of the year. Exactly. And then, you know, he's like, look, magic still surprises me. If she's angry, it's her problem. So I give him credit. Like he's, he's man enough to finally be like, I'm not going to completely cower to her. Sure. Um, so of course then Tamla starts doing the whole flirting and, you know, he's like, you look beautiful. And then Farrah brings up Cal and Mai. He was just like, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach it. And, you know, I, Favor's internal monologue is really funny because she goes, and not, and you let Ianthi take him into that cave instead. And yet you could stomach making a deal with Highbird as if I were a stolen item to be returned. So, of course, Favor's playing along into all this. And she says back to him, she goes, well, maybe this morning was not just a blessing for me. So they didn't, they continued to dance and kept continued to dance. And finally night falls and the stars and the fires and she's like she's she's out dancing and and, you know celebrating because she kind of has to and she's like you know the stars winked into existence dim and small above the blazing fires i watched them through the long hours of celebrating and could have sworn that they kept me company my silent and stalwart friends so the fact that she's finding solace in the night core or in the stars of the night sky you know it's kind of her nod back to to reese and the night court so that's where the chapter ends and we're at the end of chapter four but solstice oh lots of good interesting fun crazy things happen on solstice and oh yes. and you can kind of kind of see the plan that favor is put in play starting to unfold so kelsey you ready for chapter five? Oh boy am i ever i've been looking forward to this for days <laughs> Okay, so I've been really looking forward to chapter five because I have lots of feelings. <laughs> Just a few. Mm-hmm. We both well, do. Okay, so Solstice is donezo. Feyre is back at the manor house. It's 2 a.m. and she is crawling back into bed. For reference, Feyre has been escorted back to the manor house by Lucian, who was all too happy to have an excuse to get out of there. You know, being a made of dude and all and the Anthe being there, he was ready to go the fuck home. <laughs> can't blame him so Feyre changes into like this little skimpy nightgown that she noticed like she notes she originally got to wear for Tamlin and then she momentarily is like skeezed out about it until she's like okay but it's hot as fuck and I just yeah I, I'm hot so I'm gonna put this on <laughs> she's like I'm sweaty this is perfect um plus she has other plans so she goes to bed and basically she just tosses and turns for a little while while thinking about the adder the weaver her sisters all the shitty shit she's been through in the last year 
you know, like anyone with anxiety does <laughs> until she lets out a yelp and bounces out of bed and walks into the hallway and crosses to Lucian's door and knocks. Looking a mess, all night sweaty, she says that Lucian answers on her second knock. And okay, so like, <laughs> for discussion's sake, I am going to read exactly what is written, okay? I heard you. What's wrong? He scanned me, russet-eyed, wide as he had noted my disheveled hair, my sweaty nightgown. I swallowed a silent question on my face, and he nodded, retreating into his room to let me inside. Bare from the waist up, <laughs> he managed to haul on a pair of pants before opening the door and hastily buttoned them as I strode past. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's mm -hmm. interesting choices. <laughs> she goes on to say that she dreams about it, under the mountain, that is, and that basically she has night terrors over it. Internally, she notes that this isn't really a lie, but a half-truth. She does, in fact, still have nightmares, but she doesn't run to the bathroom puking her brains out anymore. So, you know. But this like, is a positive. Yeah, you know, so we're a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, but Lucian is a sweetheart. He cares more in this moment than Tam ever did. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what did you dream of tonight? And she tells him she pretty much dreamed of being Claire better. Like she dreamed she was the one nailed to the wall. <laughs> and uh gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm um gonna just read this for discussion's sake. Lucian Rose stalking to me. The ripple of fear and pain at my own words masked my scent enough, masked my own power as my dark snares picked up a slight vibration in the house. Lucian paused half a foot from me. He didn't so much as object as I threw my arms around his neck, burying my face against his warm, bare chest. It was seawater from Tarquin's own gift that slipped from my eyes, down my face, and onto his golden skin. Lucian loosed a heavy sigh and slid an arm around my waist and the other threading through my hair to cradle my head. I'm sorry, he murmured. I'm sorry. He held me, stroking soothing lines down my back, and I calmed my weeping, those seawater tears drying up like wet sand in the sun. <laughs> hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it goes on. <laughs> I lifted my head from his... Okay, this... Just hear me out, friends. I, I don't rate. I didn't make the rules. I didn't write this. I, I lifted my head from his sculpted chest, and at last, my fingers digging into the hard muscles on his shoulders as I peered into his concerned face. I took deep, heaving breaths, heaving breaths, my brows nodding and mouth parting as I, <laughs> womp womp, Tamlin has cut them red handed or whatever. <laughs> and I like the description here. <laughs> we pushed away too swiftly to be casual. <laughs> Like, again, this is about to be part of a larger discussion. <laughs> Huge. Farah explains she has a nightmare and that she didn't want to wake the whole house with her crying, blah, blah, blah. And she leads Tamlin back into the hall, letting the door close behind her. And then she goes into her room and just says, good night, and closes Tam out in the Like, I guess Tam was just so shocked he couldn't speak. IDK. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah. And like, in case you're confused about what happened here, Tayra like lays it out real quick, like in case we're dumb. 
just in case. <laughs> I waited the five minutes it took Tamlin to decide not to kill Lucian and then smiled. I wondered if Lucian had pieced it together, that I had known Tamlin would come to my room tonight after I had given so many shy touches and glances today, that I had changed into my most indecent nightgown, not for the heat, but so that when my invisible sneers in the house informed me that Tamlin had finally w- worked up the nerve to come to my bedroom, I'd looked the part. I'd feigned a nightmare, the evidence set into place with my thrash sheets. I'd left Lucian's door open with him too distracted and unsuspecting of why I'd really be there to bother to shut it or notice the shields of hard air I'd placed around the room so that he wouldn't hear or scent Tamlin as he arrived. Until Tamlin saw us there, limbs entwined, my nightgown askew, staring at each other so intently, so full of emotion that we'd either just been starting or finishing up that we didn't even notice until Tamlin was right there and that invisible shield vanished before he could sense it. A nightmare, I told Tamlin. I was a nightmare. And like, okay, girl, like, all here for that line and all. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, she just gives us a whole internal monologue to remind us that Tam once told Lucian to stop flirting with her, like, way back in (laughs) Akatar, Like, way back in the beginning. And I just, um... I kind of have a couple weird, like, I, I just, I have questions, friends. <laughs> I have so many, do. I have so many questions. One of them is this weird bit about how <laughs> she put the nightgown on originally because she's like, oh, thank God it's hot as fuck in here. And now she's like, I didn't put it on because it was hot. I put it on as part of my plan. So are you telling me you lie narrated to yourself? Because this book is from your perspective. Exactly. So I'm really confused. This is a little bit like earlier when she had two first steps. Like, I don't know if this is an editing issue or like she just lies to herself internally. I, I, you know, I don't know. That's just it. Like, it's weird. It is. So that was like my first question, which to me feels more like maybe an editing or like, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my brain. Maybe it's like an interpretation error. I don't know. But now all these points I was making, um, like, so I just, I feel like, and we'll go into this a little bit next episode as well, but, um, just like stick in the back of your head. Remember like an Akamath? Well, I guess it was Akatar and then Akamath where I was like making a very long list of the millions of times that Feyre was like, wow, Reese is really pretty. Reese is really hot. I really think Reese is hot. Reese is super hot. And we were like, dude, you've like never said that about Tamlin. I sort of feel Not like we just once. Yeah, I sort of feel like we just did that with Lucian in this chapter. <laughs> like I'm not really sure why we were like, hey, have you noticed his sculpted abs lately? Hey, have you noticed his really muscled shoulders lately? Hey, have you like I just feel like there was a lot of like excess description that again if this was just a book just narrating what's happening it'd be like cool cool the author wants us to know he's hot but then like this is Farrah's point of view so this is like presumably what she's thinking in her head and I just um find that fascinating weird huh yeah I just find that fascinating um but also like okay so like hear me out 
on one hand, we know that like matey mates act matey. So like on one hand, <laughs> Lucian- Matey mates act matey. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how else to word it. So like, like go on this journey with me. Lucian must feel about Feyre kind of like I feel about coffee creamer. <laughs> like it's nice. I appreciate it, but it's not necessary. <laughs> but like- like that makes sense. It's like, okay, like they're friends, I guess. Like not really. So that's why this is kind of weird, but like, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They like each other enough, you know, like coffee creamer. Um, but like, I'm starting to get this feeling that <laughs> Lucian at the very least thinks that Feyre is like really special pumpkin spice latte coffee creamer because like, he's just like a little too willing to do some questionable things. <laughs> like I don't really understand in chapter four like that bow during the solstice like was this just one of like oh fuck this is convenient I can piss off Ianthe and help a friend or is it like damn girl you're literally glowing how can I not bow down to this (laughs) my money's on the former somehow just knowing knowing Lucian right I sort of agree with you but it just yeah I don't know and then like the whole thing where like because then he walked her back like arm in arm which is like convenient for the fact that he probably like wanted to get the fuck out but i don't know then now like now with this whole nightmare deal he's like holding her and i'm like talking not a side hug not a pat on the back not a sitting next to you with my arm around you thing like he is like full-on bear hug but like bare chested bear hug and i don't know i think it's the i think for me it's the whole thing with his hands all up in her hair like i think it's the hands in the hair thing that makes me go from like oh this is nice to like <laughs> hamilton like show me how to say no to this i don't know how to say no to this in my mind i'm trying to go then her mouth is on mine and i'm like no <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. There's just some some weird Hamilton vibes going on here. <laughs> Definitely some weird Hamilton vibes going on. Yes, I would I think, agree. I think there's some weird Hamilton vibes because it fits in three fucking places in one chapter. <laughs> because like you got the beginning of the song that's like, there's nothing like the summer in the city. Someone under stress meets someone looking pretty. There's trouble in the air. You can smell it. Yes, yes. Does that not fit this whole summer solstice bullshit? Does it not? So yeah, so you're like, wow, okay, cool beans, cool beans. And then we're talking about, you know, Hamilton ain't be sleeping. And then he gets a fucking like knock on his door. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, like, I know you're a man of honor and I'm so sorry to bother you at home, but I don't know where to go. And I came here all alone, which like Feyre just wandered her ass across the hallway and was like, Lucian. So weirdly fitting. Yeah, so weirdly fitting. And then, like I said, then we just get to this whole weird, weird, like, yeah, show me how to say no to this. I don't know how to say no to this, but my God, she's looking so helpless and her body's saying hell yes in her stupid little nightgown. I just, yeah, there's a lot of Hamilton going on right now. And I just, uh, I don't know. I feel some kind of way about that. There is. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah and if you think about it it's kind of interesting because later in that song like hamilton's like yo girl was this a fucking setup and it is sure enough did yep favor has filled it in filled it in for us this is in fact a setup <laughs> a big setup uh, but i guess that's my point is like i'm also just not so sure about that like girl i I get that you're like trying to pit Lucian and Tam against each other in like a hundred different ways, but like of all the ways you pick this, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think this is, these are weird choices. Okay. Weird is one way of putting it. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cause girlfriends just given us like way too many details about like, you know, muscle chests and fingers sinking into shoulders and, you know, strong hands helping us off of horses. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just trying to say she loves Reese for sure, but girlfriend ain't blind. And I respect that. No, she's not blind. <laughs> Honestly, I think she finally woke up enough to say, well, shit, this is what was sitting in front of me yeah i mean i just feel like this gives me like i guess it's time for me to like go back to my fan fiction days because now i'm like really feeling like supported in my first time reading book one when i was like i'm gonna be really pissed if she picks blondie over lucian and then she stupidly picked blondie over lucian so like i feel like it's time for me to go back out into fan fiction world because i just feel like there has to be some good fair lucian fan fiction out there by some people who haven't gotten to book two right or before book two came out a long long time ago and wrote it yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah so anyways that was my dissertation on how i think all of this supports my theory about how on first read of akatar lucian and Feyre could have been endgame and i would have been okay with that yeah i mean it took you a while to sell me on it but i i i am now sold on it as you know (laughs) Well, yeah, clearly it's not just me. Otherwise, Sarah J. Maz wouldn't have spent all this time telling us how hot Lucian still is. <laughs> fair, fair. And um, that's really the end of chapter five. Uh, it's quick, it's ridiculous, and I loved it. And yeah, that pretty much wraps up today's episode, too. <laughs> Thank goodness, because God, we had a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, and I wish I could say that was the end of my like whole Lucian spiel, but... She gets wild no. in the next couple chapters. <laughs> no, it's not the end of your illusion spiel. It isn't. It isn't. because, And I think that's why I'm so, like, mesmerized by it. Like, the first time I read it, I, like, as we've discussed before, like, I, like, devoured these books quickly back to back. So, like, I remembered specifically this chapter. I remembered specifically this, like, setup of, like, I had a nightmare. And, you know, now Tamlin's all pissed off and awkward. But I kind of forgot how many weird little bits are sprinkled in ahead of time, like the him helping her off the horse, them arm in arm all the time, you know, him bowing mm-hmm. down to her. And I kind of forgot about all those weird little pieces. And then like now upon my reread prepping for next episode, I definitely forgot about a lot of crap in chapter six. <laughs> so my only question about some of this is, is it, it makes it so, well, it makes it awkward later in the book yeah yeah i guess my point is this i guess the reason i'm bringing all of this up and you and i have talked about this previously is because i'm still ve- i guess the crux of this is i am really still struggling with like this whole mates thing <laughs> like 
I think there's like a disconnect where we are basically fed this concept of mates are like end all be all like you, we saw how the two of them were in the cabin for fucking days on end right <laughs> literally fucking days on end. It's, yeah literally <laughs> but I mean I think it's it's like end game right I get that but it makes it makes you believe that now that you got like your mate or whatever you're like I am like literally blind and stupid to all other possibilities around me like that's the ma- way it made it sound like in Akatar right. and Akamath and I just sort right. of feel like now we're still functioning under that assumption except for the fact that if that were the case like Feyre can say in her head all she wants like I don't give a fuck about Lucian but like girlfriend then you wouldn't notice how fucking good looking he is exactly and then same thing with Lucian because if we're gonna go with yeah he's gonna be nice to Feyre because he wants to see Elaine again he's awfully close with someone that he like he is awfully touchy touchy with somebody's sister (laughs) like you know, in theory, his soon-to-be sister-in-law, maybe. I, yeah, right. you know, weird. It just, yeah, feels like a lot. Feels feels uncomfortable. <laughs> Actually, I should rephrase. Feels uncomfortable if I were them. As a reader, I'm fascinated. <laughs> it does take awkward to a new level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, those I, are those are my I thoughts agree. on that. And uh, that's the end of uh, what we're covering in this episode. So, Kim, want to tell us about (laughs) our song list? I would love to. Because this is a fun song list. Kelsey and I have been giggling and laughing about it for days. It truly is wonderful. I think it's one of our best lists. I agree. And it runs the gamut, people. So I warn you now um we literally go from well we we pretty much hit the gamut to include to include broadway (laughs) um so the very first song on our song list is reaper by sia and it's just for the prologue the bit with you know we sand in the 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 battlefield and right all that um, and then the next song, and, and yes, we've used it before, but it's kind of appropriate here, is Roar by Katy Perry, because it's really how, if you think about listening, listening to the lyrics, it really kind of fits Feyre's whole attitude in the spring court. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the next song, just, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Um, and it's every rose has its thorn by poison. <laughs> I wonder why. I don't know. When Ferris painting in in the study and painting that 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 rose inspired by all the roses out in the garden. Mm-hmm. Mm, can't imagine. <laughs> and then the next song, when I told Kelsey, I thought she was going to bust a gut. <laughs> yeah. The next song is poison by <laughs> bell biv devoe <laughs> oh it's just so good and i quote there's a line in it that says this girl is poison <laughs> yeah 
And it's kind yeah. of so perfect to explain Feyre's plotting and planning the ruin of the Spring Court from the inside out. So mm-hmm. just had me giggling. Uh, the song after that is truly pure inspiration. Don't listen to all the lyrics, but definitely the title. And I mean, it, if you think about it in a very general context, it, it makes so much sense. And that is Everybody Talks by the Neon Trees. And it's very applicable yeah. when uh, Alice is talking to Feyre about what she knows about Resand mm-hmm. and then about the fact that she knows that Feyre visited the summer court. Yeah, I thought that was and genius. It's, it's, it had me giggling. I just kind of was like, you know, everybody does talk. They yeah, just... Kim told me that one and I was like, ooh, A plus choice. <laughs> Um, I, I felt very inspired by that one, I must say. Um, the next song is Gone by InSync. Yes, <laughs> I do have my boy band moments. Everyone does. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> and it's it's a two-parter. There's two parts for it. First, it's when Lucian and Faye were talking at that first spot in the wall, and, and Lucian's telling her about, you know, when she left and and you know how he did things for her and just you know everything and how he feels and and going back to highburn to get her and the whole thing as well as the hiding of the the ring and and all of that but it's also when Feyre is talking to resand at the solstice down the bond in the house um and then um because those two parts bookend this next one the the next song is blind faith by Corey hart and yes my inner 80 girl (laughs) is coming out with her freak flag flying very high because I'm all right. All my friends who listen to this know I'm a big Corey Hart fan. Um, and if you knew me in high school, you know, I was a big Corey Hart fan. I wish I knew why, but I was, I still am. Um, anyway, it's such a beautiful song. And if you really listen to the lyrics, it really fits favorite at the solstice being all lit up and blessed. Um, by the sun and all so i just i thought it was an appropriate song for again that. a plus choice thank you um now the next one just had me giggling and i've been giggling every time i think of it because it's just so perfect um thank you britney spears for oops i did it again <laughs> because i chose that song specifically because at the solstice favorite is leading leading tamlin down this merry little chase of I still have feelings for you batting her (laughs) eyelashes and the whole bit you know and if you listen to the lyrics oops I did it again we know that yeah anyway oops she did it again boys and girls she she did (laughs) and then thank you Kelsey because you know I truly can't do this without other suggestions sometimes I come up with a lot of songs but you know I, I, I am not as good as I am. I am not perfect. And so, and, and Kelsey does have some truly genius selections <laughs> here and this one's hers and I, I support it 150%. Um, it is say no to this from Hamilton. And we just went through a very detailed description about yes. why this is such an appropriate song for this chapter. So yes, I wrote you um, all a novel on it. <laughs> it's awesome. And I love it. And, and it's so appropriate. And I totally forgot it because as Kelsey will tell you, literally at some point, I have a very large music catalog in my head, but at some point my poor brain just kind of goes, what? 
Yeah. Basically, so. I sent it to Kim and she was like, uh-huh, sure. But I could tell she had no idea what I was talking about. And so I was like, okay, here, we're going to go through this song basically line by line. Let's break this down. <laughs> and as soon as she got to like the second line, it was like the light bulb went off and I was like, oh my God, I now know what song it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. Genius. Just genius. I try. You're welcome. I, I want to see you how many welcome. characters we can bring to Hamilton. I think if we recall, don't we? Don't we have a, a "You'll Be Back"? We've got a, a uh-huh. uh, what was the other one? We uh, my shot. No, we, thought, we, my shot. My yeah. shot is in here. So, so we have, we have yeah. at least three. Yeah. So we've had at least one for each book. So uh, I'm gonna see how many I can cram in here. <laughs> I I actually. Uh-huh. If you hang out with us long enough, friends, I will do my best to defend uh, how we're going to uh, fit the Skylar sisters into uh, Silver Flame. Uh- <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. I know exactly. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That'll be a discussion for another day. Sorry, everybody. But Whoa. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> That's all right. I've got to find a way to get six involved in this. I, I just haven't gotten to the whole six part yet. <laughs> I got a couple ideas, but I'm not quite there yet. We're working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the next song after after our Hamilton nod is Poison by Alice Cooper. I told you all I literally listen to pretty much everything. And there isn't much I don't listen to. <laughs> um, but Poison by Alice Cooper. And it's basically, if you listen to the lyrics, it's what favorite is two and four Tamlin in this mm-hmm. book. Like, she is just, she's bad news for him. He doesn't know it, but she's bad news for him. Accurate. And I like Alice Cooper. It's the Detroit girl in me, you know, because he's from Detroit. So Michiganders unite. Um, then we have Chances by Five for Fighting. And it's how Tamlin feels about Farah. I'm like, dude, you're such an idiot, but yeah, whatever. it's fine. He's got his head in the sand. He does on so many things. And uh, the last song is Exile by Miss Taylor Swift with Bon Iver. And this is another genius selection by, by Kelsey. Yeah, and like, it- dudes, I swear, if you do not know the song, go listen to the song. I am pretty sure that Taylor Swift knows this book and was like i'm gonna write a low-key song about akatar characters and just i'm not gonna explain it to anybody like i if this song is not tamlin and favorite i don't know who the fuck i don't know who taylor is writing about (laughs) exactly exactly i'm so there so yeah it's it is it is that 155 million percent it's a spot spot on um so yeah i love it it's yeah you go girl you know it yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i think that wraps up our songs for today that is that is all the songs um so real quick if you hung out with us this long then yay because we have some fun things to tell you about uh remember we said we were gonna do a giveaway yeah okay well you need to go over to instagram every monday for the month of November and go, go check out ways to enter because we're doing a thing. <laughs> we are doing a thing and we are doing such an awesome thing. And it's really just in time for um, the holidays, in my opinion. And um, it's, I'm, it, it's so, 
so perfect. And um, we we have a friend. I met her first, and I've introduced Kelsey to her and her work. Um, it is Sloan Bentley, who is the owner of uh, Bentgrass Designs. And in conjunction with Sloan and her amazing and just fabulous talents, um, she is doing a giveaway with us. And Sloan makes art out of books, out of pages from books. And she does truly God, it's just beautiful work. And she, I took a class from her on wreath making from a book. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. I made it from pages from Akatar and I showed it to Kelsey and I thought she was going to like scream my ear off when she saw it. So um, it, it's so cool. And then one of the things that she also makes are these gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous paper roses and paper flowers. And she has made a special bouquet of paper roses made from Akawar, a court of wings and ruin. And um, the, she, she's colored the edges of the paper and there's a picture on our website and there's a picture in social media. And anyway, the giveaway is to win those. So it's like the ultimate, you know, giveaway for the ultimate fan. You know, these are flowers that are never going to go bad. The only way exactly. that they can be destroyed is water or fire. Um, hopefully neither ever comes near them. Hopefully um, never, neither ever comes near our fans' houses. We don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that's our, that's our, um, just, yeah, I mean, I, I, we're so excited to be doing this with her and, and you have to check out her website. Um, it is, she does all kinds of stuff. She makes jewelry and she does the wreaths and she does, um, the flower, she does all kinds of stuff. And it's not just Sarah G. Mass, she does do some other fandoms. So I totally encourage you to, to look her up, check it out. Her website is bentgrassdesigns.com. And um, she's just, she's amazing and awesome and wonderful. And, you know, reach out to her and, you know, go, go head out her website and, you know, see this awesome stuff she's doing. Cause wow, it's, it's breathtaking. And I'm so glad that I have met her and become friends with her and, and just have had, now I have the pleasure of sharing her, her amazing talents with you. So sure. um, we can't wait to see who's going to win these. Cause they're just, they're beautiful. So like we said, what you're going to do is every Monday in November, we will be dropping a new episode. So along with that, there will be some sort of Instagram posts for you to interact with on that day. So check out Instagram every Monday. Our Instagram is at massive fans podcast, and there will either be a post or a story and it'll ask you to interact in some way. And that interaction will count as your entrance or your will count as your entry into the giveaway. So you'll have every Monday in November to enter, and then we will be pulling a random winner for our December 6th episode, which means once we pull that person, then we will get contact information from you to send you your awesome gift. And then you will have it in time for the holidays, either for yourself or for another Akatar fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. So ladies, if you want one and you want to increase your chances, get, get, get your SO to enter and who knows, maybe they could win it for you. Exactly. So like I said, keep an eye on Instagram. That's where all this going to be. 
All right. Yes. And yeah. with that, uh, you know, you can find us on all the other socials too. Remember it's, uh, you know, massive fans, two A's, you know, like Sarah J. Mass's name, uh, go find yeah. us on the internet. at massivefansbookclub.com. Uh, massive fans book club and podcast on Facebook, massive fan podcast on Twitter, massive fans, Pinterest or massive fan pod on TikTok. And like we said, Instagram is pretty much where we're most active. Massive fans podcast. Yep. So yeah, I think that wraps that up. All right. Yay. Okay. Yay. Bye. Bye.